0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Sorry to Interrupt Podcast, brought to you as always by SorrySports.com. This is a... Wednesday mix I guess we'll call it Because Sean and I didn't do our Monday rundown this week There's a lot going on in sports We led off with the NBA China issue We talked in depth about that Um, Didn't really go opinions, kind of went facts But it was something that had to be talked about After that we went over the MLB playoffs The Yankees are the only team right now that has Wrapped up their series But we talked about each series Following that we did some college football And I just showed off my knowledge of college football It is vast After that we ran into our NFL rundown we went down every single team and their games from the last week. Then we recapped our picks from last week, and we did our picks from this week with a bonus pick involved. So follow us on Twitter, at SorrySports, on Instagram, Sorry Sports. Check out the greatest website in the world, SorrySports.com. Mike Phillips, I will be running your articles soon. And shoot us an email if you have anything to say, SorrySports at Yahoo.com. Enjoy the pod.
1: everybody welcome back to sorry to interrupt welcome here for a uh, a hybrid wednesday episode um don't worry we're gonna touch upon all things nfl we're gonna do our full nfl wednesday it's gonna be great but uh there's a lot else to discuss uh that we didn't get to monday um wanted to kind of let marinate but uh before we jump into that tom what's up buddy what's up man i'm ready to get it on it uh, was uh, cool pod today it was good seeing you on friday night
0: yeah, we had, a, we had a lot of fun at the game, um, and it's always fun when you get a win. Sean was yelling at the entire stands. I thought we were going to get in a fight, but nonetheless, we didn't, thank God.
1: It was a great time. You know, people showing up to like, it was like, there were a couple people behind us that it was literally, their first intention was to see the Yankees win, and their second intention was to boost Stanton. And I'm like, I get why people think Yankee fans suck. Um, but either way, you didn't have to. Yankees escaped with a win. They swept the series. We'll talk about that in a minute. We got to talk first about this NBA-China debacle. Now, I want to preface everything by saying Tom and I discussed prior to going on the air about whether we were going to talk about it or not, and in full transparency, if we did a Monday rundown, I wasn't going to bring it up. Uh, I wasn't all that informed, and not to take a page out of the Steve Kirk, Greg Popovich playbook, but, you know, we owe it to everybody who listens to us and respects us and, To not talk out of our asses, right, dude? Like, I don't Mm want to talk out of my ass. I don't want to talk about something that is way above anything that I know just to get clickbait or just to try to pretend that I know what I'm talking about. I know you feel the same way. Um, And over the last couple of days, I've listened to a lot of people who are smarter than me on various platforms. I've done a lot of research and reading about what is going on, how did this all take place, and where we currently stand. Just to say one more thing before I get into it, this is not a political stance, how I feel and I'm sure I echo you Tom as well you know it's more of a human rights thing it's more of a uh moral code uh you know a moral compass if you will kind of uh interpretation of the matter um and I see the NBA's point in the whole thing um but it certainly is hypocritical so let's get into this real fast i'll give my piece so obviously we saw the firestorm that happened sunday daryl Morey, the general manager of the houston rockets tweeted out his support for the protesters in hong kong um, And this was right ahead of the NBA global initiative to spread the game in China. Um, It already is hugely popular in China. Um, They actually had a higher amount of uh, viewership for the NBA finals this past June than in America. Um, It puts the NBA in a very difficult spot um, as a league who is always about, you know, free speech and kind of being the quote unquote woke league of all the major sports. Um, But they also want to build popularity and, you know, they're a communist country, we're a capitalist country. Each have their uh, their flaws. Obviously communism is, is something that is incredibly oppressive on the people. Uh, capitalism is sometimes you have to kind of break your 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 moral compass and your code of conduct for the bottom line. Um, just a quick background on the china politics the protest broke out it's an anti-extradiction uh, uh, law amendment bill movement uh, that's been going on um, a series of demonstrations in hong kong which began with the aim to oppose the uh, introduction of the fugitive offenders amendment bill proposed by the hong kong government so basically in hong kong um, it's different than mainland china uh... this all started with a uh... A a guy that murdered his girlfriend over in Taiwan and he came back to Hong Kong and there was nothing that they could do about him because there he had kind of he had come over and that was his safe haven. So uh, if this bill was enacted, the bill would allow local authorities to detain and extradite criminal fugitives who are wanted in territories with which Hong Kong does not currently have extradition agreements, including Taiwan or mainland China. The people are concerned that the bill would subject Hong Kong residents and visitors to the mainland Chinese jurisdiction, which, of course, is communism. Uh, Hong Kong kind of is trying to break away from that um, and undermining the autonomy of the uh, region and its civil beliefs, which obviously communism as a government does. If
0: we're going to do more backstory, let's keep in mind that the reason being that Hong Kong is not part of the Communist Party of China is because it was... A, I guess you would say owned by Great Britain until 19, what, 1997. Um, and then they had a deal that they would keep them as a democracy until what, 2022? It and was something begin, coming up, yeah. They I'd, would begin to integrate them into the Communist Party. Um, and obviously, I'm 25 years old. So basically, if I grew up my entire life knowing that. Living a certain way, it'd be pretty difficult to go back to the other way. Or exactly. A way that you don't know And at all. especially
1: communism. And we're starting to see, you know, the ripple effects of such a crazy thing. So this tweet sent off a firestorm amongst NBA people because... Immediately.
0: Not just amongst NBA people, amongst the world. In no, general. of
1: course. I, I'm trying to keep this more NBA central and keep this sports. I mean, if you want to talk, I mean, this is something that is now being discussed on all the major news affiliates. This is transcended sports. But just from the prism of sports, obviously, we don't have to be political aficionados to know that freedom of speech is very important. And, you know, despite certain (laughs) transgressions that have happened, uh, you know, the president, you know, telling people who to listen to and who not to listen to, you know, he's not putting people in jail for choosing what media outlets to listen to. This is a country that's fundamentally true, fundamentally (laughs) based on freedom of speech as being one of the primary motives for what makes this country great. And uh, in China, they haven't had that. So already, as soon as that comes out, um, banners are being taken down. The Nets and the Lakers are over there this whole week. They were supposed to contribute to a lot of uh, charitable programs. Um, those were all canceled. They're supposed to play two games. Those games are still going on. But, um, you know, it's all... It, it, it's all organic. Anything could change at any point, And at the last second, China could decide we don't want to play these games. For the NBA this is what I'll say about this, and I'm sure you're going to echo my sentiment. We haven't talked about this before coming on the pod. NBA, I get it. You have a right to tell your players, okay, we don't want to, we don't want to ruin any kind of agreement we have here, or we don't want to sever any ties. They have like a $1.5 billion worth of equity based out of their Chinese, um, population that, that, you know, consumes the sport. Shoe deals by all the players. You know, what did we talk about in the summer? One of the major driving forces for the Nets signing Kyrie and KD was Joe Tsai, who is Taiwanese, but um, is the uh, CEO and founder of Alibaba. Um, <laughs> the, the connections he has in China could make Kyrie and KD global superstars. And the Brooklyn Nets, a international powerhouse as far as the way the NBA organizations are looked at. The Houston Rockets have been that way. They've been the number one since Yao Ming came over in 2002. So the NBA prides itself on being this very progressive league, right, where players speak out about social issues. They speak about, you know, political issues. They're very at the forefront And Adam Silver, the NBA, PA, and just the NBA in totality really feels like these guys have a voice. They're more than just basketball players. The quote-unquote shut-up-and-dribble attitude does not exist in this modern NBA until you get to something like this. And for everybody that wants to shit on the NBA, I'm going to say this. We all know someone or we have seen situations where somebody has had to kind of bite their lip on something that they believe is wrong to save their job to make the money that they need to make and to preserve whatever connection they have i'm sorry it's a it's a fact of life especially in a capitalist society you don't feel good about it but everybody is on their high horse until they're put in that situation the nba got into bed with china 25 years ago this is not something now OK, like I'm sure that Adam Silver is definitely scratching his head and trying to figure out a way to get out of this or is trying to say, I can't believe we're bending over backwards to cater to this oppressive communist regime who sees one tweet by an NBA general manager about how he stands with the protesters and is now, you know, the, the Chinese television package that carries all the NBA games. They're shutting everything down. They're not carrying preseason and they're going to go kind of on a day to day basis to see if they cover any games. This is crazy, but I'm sorry. This is what you do when you get into into bed with these kind of governments. And the NBA is not the only company that's dealt with this. All other, There's a lot of American companies that have kind of sold their soul to the devil to make sure that they have a good agreement with China. I don't love it, but again, I'm not going to stand up here on my high horse on a podcast and talk about how the NBA should do this and do that. Also, keep in mind, they have to make sure their players stay fucking quiet, especially the ones over there. So anybody that wants LeBron James to speak out, you're over on international soil, man, where they can just arrest you and detain you because you say something wrong about the government. Keep your mouth shut. I would try to get the hell out of there. These preseason games don't matter. They're already canceling all of these public um, all of these public activities and public programs you get the hightail tail the hell out of there and then they can say whatever they want but it puts the NBA in a very precarious situation especially now since one of their governing bodies uh, and an owner of one of their 30 teams Joe Tsai is is a pretty prominent member of the uh, of the Chinese um, activism
0: well he's Taiwanese but still he is very very prominent I mean I don't really know what to do about the NBA because at the end of the day money makes the world go round and this is a business, it's not a not-for-profit. They need to make money. And they also need to keep their players safe. I don't have a take in it. I mean, I, I we could talk about what's going on in this country all you want, because I live here, but I, I didn't grow up in China. I don't know what it's like to be in that type of culture or environment. And there's hundreds of thousands of years of history of how that country has been run and, and whatnot. So, I mean, I'm all for democracy. I'm a big democracy guy, believe it or not. Well, so, that's good to know. But... Again, it's a touchy subject and I'm not too well versed on it. So, I don't want to sit here and and shit on the NBA because they're not releasing a statement picking one side or the other. I think, you know, you put a gun to these people's heads, they'd probably lean with um Daryl Morey a little bit more, but to me it's just a crazy situation and and it's just so 2019, man. It's so it's so millennial. It's just one tweet sends off uh, literally what could be a war between two countries. Who the fuck knows? Maybe Trump weighs in on this and, and shoots out another tweet, and before you know it, not only do we have a situation between the NBA and China, but we have a situation between the United States and China, which is a hell of a lot more serious. Well, especially with the trade
1: wars going on already. Yeah, I and mean,
0: the subsequent possible tariffs that he's putting on everything and rocking the boat in Europe with the, with the tariffs there, and, and the tariffs that he's going to put on electronics, possibly in China, one tweet this thing, one tweet that thing. You never know these days, and, and it's just... At the end of the day, it's 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 a tough situation, and it's just terrible to believe that something that didn't even exist what twelve years ago, Twitter—I I don't know when it came out—literally just causes a complete shitstorm for basically the entire world right
1: now. Well, I, I totally agree with everything. By you a said. guy
0: who, keep in mind, he's not a political expert. This isn't um, this isn't even Trump tweeting this, who I wouldn't call a political expert, but at least he is a political figure. This guy fucking is the general manager He's a very good one at that But he's the general manager for The Houston Rockets It's not like this is Trump or Putin Or you want to name another world leader Firing shots off This guy has nothing to do with politics at all whatsoever And was just voicing his opinion And it's caused this much uproar I could only imagine
1: Well uh, unfortunately we've seen this happen quite often Is sports and politics Do intertwine And you know, so I heard a couple of people make the analogy of you know the NBA, you know, they're not standing, they shouldn't stand with Daryl Morey. I mean, look at what the NFL did with Colin Kaepernick. Listen, the, to me the two are very different, but I understand that both are freedom of speech and they're speaking out against, you know, wrongdoings and oppression. One was domestic and one is international, although they're both human rights and it shouldn't matter where it is. I think Again, the bottom line is what's going to matter here. And in the NFL, you know, the reason Colin Kaepernick never got signed was I guarantee you out of the 32 owners, I bet you at the time there was at least 6 to 10 that probably agreed with Kaepernick. But they knew that they could not sign him because it would hurt their bottom line. And there would be fans, a large clamoring of fans, that would stop buying their jerseys, stop watching their games, stop going to their games if they signed him. Here, you know, I'm sure Adam Silver believes and, and. And strongly in what Daryl Moore is saying. I'm sure he's looking at the situation over in China, especially with how you know integrated the NBA is in China, and is saying, this is horrible. This is a terrible thing that's going on in players. But again, do they want to lose their shoe deals? Do they want to lose their TV rights? Do they want to lose all these international games? Of course not. Yeah, so, this is horrible, but give me the checks. And that's exactly right. And and we talk about, I mean, yeah, a capitalist society is much better than communist society. Historically, uh, the American... You know, government has run very well in its very short history as far as global economies are concerned. But, hey, it has its flaws. In and China right now has you a stronger economy to, than it, the U.S.? Yeah. You do Not have to. Not to g- play devil's advocate no, but for a society. I, I should have said government. But you do have to. you do have to sometimes sell your soul. And all I'm saying is, for everybody that wants to kill the NBA for this, I'm just saying, listen... This is what you've you've been in. I've weighed both both sides of the aisle here. I certainly understand why the NBA is wrong and people could be up in arms. And trust me, as a as somebody who sees these demonstrations and decides with the protesters, I am appalled that the NBA is just completely falling over themselves and catering to the Chinese to try to make amends with this thing. But I also understand that you have an incredible amount of money at stake, and it's really bad for your business. Their I mean, salary cap could go down if they I, lose I, everything in I China, Do I would even
0: say, uh, if you've seen the statements that come out of Adam Silver, who basically is the NBA and represents the NBA, I, I wouldn't really say that he's falling
1: over himself for China. No, but he, he really can't say anything no, right. He, but you he, see a guy like Steve Kerr, who's like, I need to be more well-versed in this. He's the first to say anything about anything political. He knows that it's not intelligent for him to speak out against that government right now
0: not at all but again like i just think it's bullshit that the fact that now in 2019 you got to pick a side like right now i'm trying to stay as neutral as possible because i'm not educated enough and that's exactly what steve kerr said i don't know what's going on over there and i'm not educated enough to make a formulated opinion that's not just a a guesstimate
1: well see that's my that's my difference is that's fair if you don't but you're not an NBA coach who has previously spoken up about a lot of international and national politics he should have just said I have no comment and the commissioner's going to handle it because if it makes it sound like you don't know what's going on to be honest that's kind of bad job out of you he knows what's going on he doesn't know which one and again I I agree with you because
0: because of the fact that yeah he's made educated opinions and and spoken very well and made himself look very I mean he is smart he's spoken very well on certain topics but again if the guy doesn't want to make a comment on a topic we don't have to fucking poo-poo him because... oh I
1: totally agree with that just don't say you're not informed because you know what's going on you just have to make sh- you have to be careful of what you say and that's fine but when you're compar- that's there's the two are very different things if you're ignorant that means you don't know what's going on and all of a sudden you're not plugged into politics whether they be domestic or, or international Or you just don't want to talk about it because it's not your place. He doesn't have a team over there, you know? No, I agree with you, but again... It's gray area. I mean, I, I understand know, both sides. And the,
0: and the other thing to defend Steve Kerr and whoever else hasn't spoken out about it, whether it be Popovich or LeBron Well, LeBron can't.
1: He's stuff. over there, and he could get in a shit ton of trouble, and I guarantee you Adam Silver said to him, everybody on the Lakers, everybody on the Nets, and every single official or media member over there covering these this week, say, don't say a fucking thing about China.
0: Yeah, I agree with you, but I also think Adam Silver could have said that just sent a league-wide memo out steve kerr and maybe steve kerr misspoke and used well see that's what I think the it wrong way yeah May, you know maybe he just didn't do a good job avoiding the question with his words but again i'm sure he has an educated opinion based off of china being hit, given his history and whatnot even just his his linear his family history and whatnot but i th- i think that the nba is trying to pull the es the espn of late and just kind of steer clear of this and Adam Silver is probably hoping that I, I don't know fucking Trump gets impeached tomorrow or something. So, so this is a, a lesser story.
1: That would be something. Yeah, I'll, I'll close with this. It's gray area. This is not a black and white thing for the people who are upset that they sold their cell that they sold their soul and they're not in, you know continually a, a woke league. Too bad. Fuck this off. is costing them a bunch of money, and well, I, there's no way. You can't be upset
0: th- when you live in a fucking capitalistic economy. Everybody goes to work here to make money and to better themselves. We're not China, so we're not a communist economy. If you're gonna be mad at them, then be mad at Walmart. Be mad at fucking. Be mad at Amazon. Be mad at Apple, because at some point, every single one of those companies has chosen money over morality. So get yep. over. it.
1: And you're the. And you're consuming the NBA games. You're buying Amazon Prime instead of going to the the mom and pop stores. It's just how it is. And for those of you who feel you know like this is a good thing just remember that you're also kind of dealing with a whole communist situation over there and for as bad as things might be here at least we have the right to go on a podcast people have the right on sports talk radio on political radio on political tv on whatever platform the hell you want to talk about your opinions towards what we have going on here so i'll leave it at that and to be quite honest
0: I know it's crazy, and it started a shitstorm. I don't really care how Daryl Morey feels about China. I appreciate Good the support, point. but unless he's talking about the salary cap in the NBA or talking at the um, at the a conference up in Boston about analytics in the NBA, I don't really care, and I don't think he cares about my opinion either.
1: I don't think I don't care about his opinion. I just I guarantee you, Adam Silver Silver A would have wished he would have kept it quiet, and B, could you save this for after we're over there? cuz that's not a good job. Okay. Let's move on to something more fun. We're going to talk baseball playoffs. Don't worry. We're getting to the NFL. It's an NFL Wednesday, but we got a lot of shit to talk about. We're a full we're a full-loaded show here. The only series that's over officially as we record this, the St. Louis Cardinals are bludgeoning the Atlanta Braves we'll 13 to 1. We'll talk about that on Monday. Uh, that was really that's really bad. And that game's inevitably over, but not officially. What is over? officially is the New York Yankees. They swept the Minnesota Twins in three incredibly impressive games. We went to game one. we saw Paxton throw four and two thirds, three runs. The Yankees came back scored they had Barrios at 48 pitches through two. I was crushing some bud lattes. Uh, we were having a damn good time. Um, Tom, what were your impressions on this series? I think the Yankees just completely outclassed them in every single way.
0: I really like what... The only thing I didn't like was Girardi's management of the bullpen. Well, Girardi's not on the team. (laughs) You know I'm bad with names. I don't really like how Boone managed Girardi Maybe next
1: year you can drop his name when he's the Met manager.
0: Or the Cubs, hopefully the Cubs. Um, For his sake, I I hope that he gets that job. But I don't really like how Boone managed the bullpen uh, in the first two games. In the third game, when you're going for a sweep so you can get a little bit more rest against potentially Houston and or Tampa Bay... You empty the tank, and you just go for the rest. But aside from that, I just really don't like how he manages. Okay,
1: tank. give me examples of why, because I'm going to disagree with you.
0: I don't like Adovino, where he brings him in earlier. I think he's a later-inning pitcher. I mean, I understand the matchups. I don't really like how he brought in Chapman in the first game that we went to. Listen, I'm going to blow the whistle on both of us. We left early. Okay, everybody? It was 10 It was ten four. It was cold. I hadn't had a cigarette in fucking hours. And we left early. I'm sorry. But you know what? I, I just I why are you throwing Chapman there? And I get it, you want to get the guy a little bit of work, but this is the playoffs. This isn't fucking mid July, mid June, whatever. You want to get him a little work. We don't need every single game. Like what happens if Chap what happens if they go to game four or game five? I know that didn't happen. and, and Chapman can't go because he pitched game one and two or whatever. It made me a little nervous. I think he was just trying a little too much. But aside from that, I loved everything from the Yankees. The starters looked really good. I mean, they stifled Minnesota. They threw him curveballs and fastball counts. They, they didn't know what the hell was going on there. They definitely had their scouting report. Minnesota's probably the best fastball-hitting team of the last 100 billion years, and they didn't really give him anything to hit, even uh, Severino was working with his curveball or slider or whatever he throws there in his changeup, and I loved everything that happened at the plate. Uh, Gardner had, like, one iffy at bat, but aside from that, every single hitter, even Sanchez and um, and Stanton, who only had one hit, and it was yesterday, when or back in game three, when they were already – the game was pretty much already won. They got their only hits, but they were making them work. Ten, 11, 12 pitch at bats. Just raising up the pitch count and getting into that pen. I loved everything I saw from the lineup. And defensively, loved it. Loved everything I saw.
1: They were savages in the box, which they've been all year. Uh, they controlled the strike zone from the first pitch of that series to the last. And uh, the Which deep- is the
0: formula to beat Houston.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. The only problem is
0: those guys throw 100, not straight, and they throw strikes. Yeah,
1: I mean, you're not facing an Uber driver, you know, from earlier in the year... Uh, in Game Two of that series, but shout—we don't to even him, know we're facing them. Shout yet. Shout
0: out to him, good for him.
1: Oh yeah, no, that was a cool story. And any first of all, anybody that's pissed that the Yankee fans were chanting Uber, of all the things Yankee fans can chant, that ain't that bad. I thought it was clever. It's fine. Okay, I'm going to totally disagree with you about the bullpen, and here's why. You said it yourself, matchups. Do you know how many innings Araldis Chapman pitched in September? It doesn't. I, I don't care about that. He pitched six games. He threw seven innings. You preserved him for October. Now they threw Hap out there. When we left, Hap was coming into the game, and he got guys on base and you bring in Chapman. You're not risking anything. The guy is fully rested, and you did it for this reason. You clinched the East early. You didn't dick around with him and pitch him in meaningless innings and meaningless games. Did they want home field? They did, but they didn't throw him in games where he was going to have to work hard to get it. He hardly threw in September. He was locked and loaded to go, it's the bullpen, it's the world. It's the playoffs, bring him in. For the Ottavino. in the time, I was also kind of confused as to why they only let him pitch one batter, but let's not just be the super overreactional fans. We watched the rest of that scenario play out. Nelson Cruz is a right-handed hitter with a tremendous amount of power. He had went deep off packs and went oppo in the third inning of that game. Adovino neutralizes right-handed pitchers with that slider, the sweeping Frisbee slider. Now, if he had gotten him out, it was a brilliant move. The problem is he walked him on five pitches, and he walked him on four because they I'm did not, it again I'm in game i I'm not saying three. that's Boone's
0: fault. I mean, you put the guy out there, you expect him to You want him going job.
1: deeper into the game, I get that's it. That's my point. But and yeah, if, that's if point. you bring in Canely to face Polanco, the changeup that Canely throws neutralizes lefties. Doesn't really neutralize righties all that much. If Cruz had gone deep there, you know, at the time was a five-three game with a runner on. My man, the game's totally different. And we've been saying this from the last year of Girardi to the first two years here of Boone. We might not agree with it because, in we're not old. But as long as we've known, these guys have one inning, two innings, and it it can change based off series and matchups and teams and lineups and where you are in the game. But at that point, he knew he still had a fully rested Chapman, Britton, and Green. And Green, was each one was capable of giving him five outs. So he was going to piece it together. At this point, it's the fifth inning. I have to get this guy out now. I'm not going to wait around and if if Polanco hits a slider that doesn't break in off Ottavino and the ball goes into the second deck and right and we have a tie game, all of a sudden I'm going to have to explain why I didn't bring in my right-hander with the changeup that neutralizes lefties into the game when he had already been warming up in the first place. I don't like it from an optical standpoint, but if you look at it from a practical and analytical standpoint, it made all the sense in the world. This is why you rested this bullpen. This is why you had these guys on in a very low pitch and inning count into September, especially after you clinched the division. For times like this, it was against the Twins. That's the way the Twins lineup was. You said it yourself. The right, the they're a incredibly, you know, high-powered team off fastballs. Have the guy throw. A changeup fading down and away to a lefty. That's what made sense. And, and and it worked out. So I can't shit on him. As far as the starters, we knew this going in too. They're not going to have a chance to go six, seven innings, even in blowouts. Tanaka only went five in that game. It was seven to one. I'm one not point. mad
0: about him stretch it, not stretching out the starters at all. No, um, and
1: that's the thing. We're going to see probably all of these relievers in basically every game. Because especially in the division series, you only play two games in a row. Then you have an off day. Then you play, at most, another two games in a row, then an off day. So, these guys were fully loaded and rested for this occasion. So, I wasn't upset that Chapman came in in a 10-4 game. I don't want you dicking around. Last year, Boone managed to look like he was a deer in headlights, waiting for Severino to just throw his last possible pitch, even though he was running on fumes. Same with Sabathia in that Red Sox series. This series, he was like, nope, you gave me everything you need. On to the next guy. Okay, the next guy doesn't have it. On to the next guy. That's the way this team is built, bro. It just is what it is.
0: Listen, I'm being a little nitpicky. They they pretty much dominated this entire series aside from the beginning of Game 1 when Paxton had a little bit of a hiccup. But I, I can't be really mad about anything. This series, and, you know, it, it's, it's got me caught in the middle because they own the Minnesota Twins. We could go over the numbers. I think they're like 13-0 in the playoffs against the Twins since 2002 or something along those lines. But, again, you got to play the team in front of you, and they just straight-up dominated this series, especially at the dish.
1: And defensively. Uh, yeah, those two, I think, were the most impressive things because we've seen the defense all year. I think LeMahieu at first, I mean, what he did in Game 3 was special. Torres ranging, obviously, the catch Didi made in the ninth inning of Game 3. Urshela's a wizard at third. Maben coming in, I mean, talk about being able to use a blueprint. Stanton got his three or four bats, played six innings in each game to take him out for Mabin. You didn't even mention their best offensive player.
0: I think Judge had two diving catches. Oh, I was gonna, don't worry, I was going to get to him. A couple I saved the best I've for never, last. I mean, this guy plays the ball off the wall perfectly and turns doubles into singles routinely. I mean, dude, we, when we
1: were at game one, he made two diving catches that were just game savers. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that game is if he doesn't make those plays and it's routine for him. He is bordering on the best right fielder in baseball, if he's not already. Um, a couple of interesting stories before we move on to the rest of the series. Aaron Hicks said he's ready to fucking go. It'll be interesting to see what they do with him. I don't and know, CC man. threw a bullpen today, and he said he's really good. How do you configure this roster? Do you change anything? For me,
0: CC, the more pitching, the better. If you can squeeze him onto the roster, that's a guy that, again, I think that... Take him out for or put him in for Lions? Yeah, absolutely. I, I want that experience in there. Again, we talked about CC. This this team is built perfectly for CC to get a start because his numbers, and he's not facing... Oh, Minnesota. you're saying start.
1: I was thinking of him in the pen. Use I him like, as a lefty specialist, and at times, especially for a guy like Alvarez could, or Meadows, you could do that as well. Well, uh, yeah, we're we're talking
0: about both teams here because they're still both in it. But I think honestly, what they did with CC, I was really I was really impressed when they had him come in, and then obviously Herman's not on the team, but then you could have you know Chad Green come in as well. I, I, would, I think CC's numbers through the first round of the lineup are, are great, and especially when you don't have to face him twice in a series. You're probably only going to see him once. I, I would be really interested to see him start a game because I, I think he could go out there and give you three to four scoreless innings. I mean, preferably four, but I would take three. And then to look at it from – I think CC's going to make this roster regardless, and I think he's an asset. Hicks, on the other hand, the way Gardner's playing right now, I don't know. I I really don't. Because you went out and you got Encarnacion. He's your DH. You're not going to go out and make that move to put him on the bench and put Stanton at DH, put Hicks in center, and move Guardy over to left. Gardy's hot right now, and Gardy's also working. Like I don't know what his average pitch per at-bat was, but it's got to be up around 8 or 9, right? And he's hot right now. And he's also, in my opinion, the heart of this team. And I don't know, we're in the analytical world of baseball and I've shit on him before. I don't know how much that matters, but I think it does a little bit in the playoffs. And I just don't see taking Edwin Encarnacion out of this lineup and putting Stanton at the DH spot and taking Gardy out of this lineup. I, I, I just I don't want to do that
1: at this point. So I'm going to go a totally different direction because I don't think that the scenario you're playing out is even something they're thinking about. I think it's going to come down to him or Maben. And I think that the Yankees are going to look at what's the best. When we pull the plug on Stanton in a late game and we're leading, hopefully, what's a better outfield, Gardner in center and Maben in left or Hicks in center and Gardner in left? It's the latter. And I think that's what makes sense. I think it's going to come down to Voight. It's going to come down to Voight. Mabin, and Hicks. If you take away Voight, the only issue is then is you literally don't have another first baseman other than LeMahieu unless you put Encarnacion over there. It, depending on who they face, you might like Voight's right-handed bat as a pinch-hitting option. I don't think that whoever they decide to keep is starting. They have their starting field set. Stanton's the left fielder at least for the first six or seven innings. Gardner's the center fielder. You can't pull the plug on him. And Judge, obviously, and right. Defensively and offensively, too, Urshela. Remember, he had 320 this year. Urshela, Didi, Glaber, Lemehue, Sanchez. I think that the Hicks' situation is interesting because... He's also a guy that if you pin And Maben went deep the other night. I know that might be lost because it came in a meaningless spot, but he, he, he's had such a good year. And, I, and I'm and i a huge Maben fan. I know you are too. But if Aaron Hicks says he's ready to go, I'm sorry. You put him in center and you slide Gary over to left late in the game when Stanton comes out, I think that's better. I, I think Gar, Garner's I a gold-glove left fielder.
0: and I agree with you completely. And that from, just makes more look sense. At it, to look at it from that perspective... I mean, it's going to be tough because every—I mean, this team, every single person, whether it be Mabin or Luke Voigt or Mike Ford or whoever, whoever the casualty is, you're not going to want to see them go because they've been playing incredible. So, to be honest, when you when you put it like that, I, I think you want Void coming off Void coming off the bench because you need that guy that can just put you back in the game with one swing. And now I know Mabin went deep in a meaningless... But in a Hicks meaningless can do bag. it too
1: from both sides and his plate discipline I, think
0: Hicks, I like in a big spot. I think Hicks is on the roster regardless, so I truly think it comes down to Voight and I think it comes down to Mabin. And I think... With Hicks being on the roster, you have a guy who can steal a bag for you in a pinch. You have a guy with a good eye. Don't forget Tyler Wade's on this roster, too. uh, Yeah, as well as him. He's not going anywhere. You have two speedsters. Tyler Wade's probably one of the fastest players in the American League. And then you look at it as, we need a power bat and another guy that can play first base. And, And I think Voight stays on this roster. And I know
1: he's in a bit of a slump, but he's one of the guys that got you here. True. And I think in a perfect world, he really doesn't play. Well, Mayhew's your first baseman, you never take him out of the lineup, and the only change you're making is Stanton's coming out of the game at some point for defensive purposes. So would you rather have Maben and Gardner or do you rather have Hicks or Gardner? I agree with you, and that's my point, why it comes down to
0: Maben and Voight. So that's why I think Hicks is on this roster the more we talk about it and the more we break it down, and it comes to Mabin and Voigt. And I think that safety net of having Voigt a guy who can, one, play first base, and you don't have a backup first baseman on your roster, aside from Edwin Encarnacion, who's a major defensive liability at this point in his career, and also a guy who you're confident that when he comes off the bench, the pitcher's going to be thinking about it because one swing and he takes you deep. Mabin is a little bit different. Now, I know he can run into a few, but Luke Voigt is a legitimate power hitter. So I think they're going to go with Voigt. I'm in agreement with you. And I I I hate to see Mabin go because he's been a lot of fun this year.
1: He has. And you know what? I I, I think what fans are going to be upset about is how can you take a guy who has been in and out of the lineup all year, remember he started the year on the IL, didn't come back till May, and then hasn't played since early August. Well, you know what? As great of a feel-good story as Maben is, and I'm a big Maben guy, and I think he's a great outfielder, you know, a very good outfielder, a really great, you know, bench option. That's how good this team is, dude. Aaron Hicks is an all-star center fielder when he's healthy, and you know what? He doesn't have to be at his best because he's probably not gonna, he's not gonna start. I really would be shocked if he started. So he's gonna come off the bench. He's going to hit from both sides. He's going to work a good count. You talk about plate disappointment and seeing pitches. I mean, when he's on and locked in at the plate, this guy sees 8 to 10 pitches per bat. He's got pop from both sides Absolutely. and is the best, arguably the best center fielder in the game. And we
0: talked about it defensively, yes. I think you definitely have an argument there. And we talked about it all year. If there's one thing that the Yankees have, I don't want to say a little too much of, but one of their power spots is the outfield. They're overcrowded. And they need, you're going to need a backup first baseman that can actually pick it, unlike Encarnacion at this point in his career. So I think they're going to go with Voight. I would go with Voight.
1: I agree with you. I think it's going to be Voight, uh, Maben and Lyons off the roster, Sabathia and Hicks on it. Okay, the Cardinals are about to wrap up their series before we get to the NL, though. Can you believe we're set to see a Game 5 in Houston tomorrow? I can't believe it, but I'm extremely happy. Anytime you can
0: make Garrett Cole pitch in a game, so that he doesn't face the Yankees in game one. That's
1: awesome. It's awesome. I give this race team so so much credit. This is the ultimate, though, like careful what you wish for, because all year it seemed like the Yankees and Astros are on an inevitable crash course for the ALCS, and obviously the Yankees have had their demons against the Astros, especially down in Houston. And because the Astros have home field. Let's not count Tampa Bay out, though. But see, that's how I feel. I I know the Yankees took They have the the
0: best record in baseball at home. Now, I know. Game five is in Houston. But again, when you go down to a one-game winner-take-all, you never know what can happen. And that's the thing.
1: Like, I know the Yankees took the season series from Tampa relatively easily, especially in the Bronx. They they waxed them. But— Glasnow only made one performance appearance against the Yankees this year. Snell in Tropicana is much different than Snell in the Bronx. And Morton is a Yankee killer. And this is a team that's just scrappy. They remind me of a friend of mine, Steve, who we still got to get on the pod. I, I got to get him on here. He, um, he's like, this team just reminds you a lot of the 07 Rockies. And I was like, that's a great comp. They don't do anything great, but they do everything really, really well. And they are a different team in that stupid, disgusting dome. Um, Game 5, I mean, we saw the Yankees just two years ago come back from down 0-2 against Cleveland and win Game 5 against Kluber in Cleveland with Sabathia pitching four innings. I mean, dude, Saturday night, right? Cole has one of the best postseason games of all time. Seven and two-thirds shutout, 15 strikeouts, no walks. The Astros won that game 3-1. They give up a home run. They had to get four outs from their bullpen. They give up a home run, and the bases were loaded with two outs when they got the final out. A single there ties it and erases everything. Their bullpen's not great. If they can get Cole to throw, just keep it within one or two runs through six or seven and get to that bullpen... Tampa's bullpen's a lot deeper than theirs, and Glass now for the first four innings was trading blow for blow with Verlander in Game One. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say that Houston's gonna dominate this game. I'll still put my money on Houston, but I'm not betting my life savings on Houston in this game. Not at all, man. And again, you get you
0: sometimes you, you wish for something. Whatever the saying is, it fucking, <laughs> it deceives me right now. But <laughs> careful, oh, what careful what you wish for. what you wish for. There it is, bud. Um, I mean. I, as a Yankees fan, and now we can talk about the ALCS because we're in it, I don't know who I want to face because you look at Houston, they got the dominant starting pitching, and, and they have a pretty deep lineup. But then you look at, the, you look at the, the Tampa Bay Rays, and it's like, shit, even if we make the first pitcher work, every single person coming out of that bullpen is throwing 97 with a hook. So I, it, it's scary
1: either way, and I'm nervous for this series either way. I put it this way, because talk- a friend was texting me last night, like, how do you want who do you want to win? And I'm like, you're in the ALCS. The opponent's not going to be easy. If the Yankees are as great as we think they are, they'll find a way to beat whomever they play. It's as simple as that. Because at this point in the season, we can go... That's a bullshit way to answer it. That was very political. Who would
0: you rather play? I'm going to make you answer it right now. Don't skate.
1: I mean, I will say I would rather play... I mean, again, for me as a fan... I would rather no, play I, Tampa. No, I don't want to as a I fan. don't play for the New York Yankees, so I'm not going to say it. No, I know, I know. As, as a fan, Yankee fan, I, have a, I feel like they have a better chance against Tampa. Thank you. But I would rather play Tampa I, I, as But, well. again, it's not like, you know, you're going to get to play the Kansas City Royals here. You're playing another really good team. It's the League Championship Series. You're not going to play no, you're right. no one. So, you know, I guarantee you. I mean, what did I say last year? Oh, dude, you know, it actually kind of worked out we play Boston. Because when Boston killed us this year, we were pretty much always hurt. Judge was out for an extended period of time that we played them. You know, our pitching wasn't set up, and we actually matched up pretty well with them. I was happy. I didn't want any part of fucking Cleveland or Houston last year. We got Boston. We got waxed in four. I, I, it, it's you as a you try to look at matchups. You try to look at what happens. You know we had always killed Price and Sale in the second half wasn't as good, and their bullpen was trash. But we just didn't play well, and that's why we were out in four. For this series, you are going to play a team who you know very well in Tampa. You played them nineteen times. You play in the dome a lot. I don't think that's going to be nearly as much of a home field advantage against the Yankees as it is against Houston. And if you play in Houston, they've been your nemesis since 2017. You know what you're going to get yourself into. Either way, again, if the Yankees play their best and they're as great as we think they are, they'll somehow find a way to beat whomever they play. I just can't believe it's a Game 5. It is a win for the Yankees that Cole has to pitch tomorrow. Real fast before we move on, were you surprised that Verlander started yesterday? I thought it was a complete panic move by A.J. Hinch because you, he managed that game like they were down 2-1. You're up 2-1. Verlander starts at home in Game 5. You could still win with your bullpen yesterday. Remember, the race started an opener. You get Game 5 in Houston with Verlander, you're guaranteed that Cole starts at Game 1 and if you're in trouble, Cole comes in the bullpen, out of the bullpen in Game 5. I, it didn't make much sense to me. Um, I think he made the decision.
0: It was a little bit of a panic decision but then he looks at it like Verlander can start in the CS on regular rest. So I think it was a two-pronged decision there. A little bit panic, but then again, he can reset Verlander's schedule and he can start on regular rest. You're pitching Justin Verlander, home or road. This guy's not only a veteran, but he's also getting better as he gets older. I think you wanted to get that wrapped up and get the rest for all your guys.
1: Yeah, I still think the three days rest for a 38-year-old, no matter how great he is, it seemed like, I, he, I didn't especially like it up 2-1. It just didn't seem like he had to do it. I was surprised when when they made the announcement that quickly. That
0: says to me that he doesn't like his bullpen.
1: Oh, that's 100% right.
0: Aside from Harris and Osuna, he hates his and bullpen. And
1: Cranky was trash in Game 3. Well, yeah. Okay, so, quick National League. I was right about my Cardinals. God, did they kill Good call. the Braves today. 13-1, Didn't watch the game, so I'm not gonna. I don't even know who did what. All I know is that Fulton A, which didn't get out of the first, the Braves gave up 10 runs in the first, and um, the moment was too big for them. They had Game Four won the other day before Molina pulled his clutch gene out, kept them alive, and then sent it back to Atlanta. I thought the Braves were gonna take this series when they scored the three runs off Carlos Martinez in Game Three. I was like, oh God, they just got to the best the best pitcher that the Cardinals have out of their pen. This team's ready to go. The attitude around that team, I don't like. They are young. I don't think they've scratched the surface yet. This kind of reminds me of last year's Yankees, where there were all these high expectations for this young team because they had made the playoffs earlier than people thought the year before. And, um, you know, they just weren't ready to play with the big boys yet. I don't like the attitude around Acuna. The guy's got a He's a tremendous talent, but you could see his teammates really didn't like the way he played this series despite his numbers. That's an issue. They didn't have the pitching. They're they're young starters who they thought, I mean, Soroka was dominant in his game, but they thought that they had the the arms to go out there and get it done. And I I said, I, I just feel like the vibe around the Cardinals is no matter who is on that roster, you know who is on that roster? Yadier Molina, who's won a World Series, been to three. Actually, he's won two World Series, been to three. The guy just knows how to how to get the most out of that team. Jack Flaherty's a stud, and um, I trust organizations who have a pedigree of winning.
0: Absolutely. I agree with you completely. I was wrong on the Braves. Maybe I was a little early on the Braves. Acuna, clean it up, buddy. Sean doesn't like the way you're playing. I didn't say it. I'll do a pod with you personally. Sean doesn't have to be here. All right, so the next series we have Scherzer was an ace, and he didn't have his best stuff. Um, but I believe the Nationals were up like eight to one or something at the time, um, and I, I was watching that game. And he had a bases loaded jam that he pitched his way out of, and that's an ace right there for you. You don't have your best stuff working for you, but you fight through it, you figure it out, and you get through the you get through that inning. Um, and they force a game five against the Dodgers. Uh, who's pitching this game?
1: Oh, dude, it's Strasburg and Bueller.
0: Ooh, that's a hell of a game right there. I mean, again, you know this. This Nationals bullpen, they really only trust Doolittle and their closer. His name deceives me right now. It's probably, basically only Doolittle. Well, it's Doolittle and they have the other Oh, Oh, uh, you're talking Hudson. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, they pretty much only trust those two guys. But when you break into the playoffs, I don't know if Scherzer will be able to go. No, he, but, uh, he said he,
1: ba- he can't do it.
0: But I absolutely believe Corbin will be ready to go. Mm-hmm. So, to be honest with you, the way the Dodgers have been playing the last two games... I kind of like the Nationals.
1: I wouldn't say two games. I would say one because, remember, Annabelle Sanchez pitched a pretty good four, five innings on Sunday night. He and dominated. then they decided it was time to bring in Corbin because of that bullpen that you mentioned, how bad it is. And Corbin gave up six runs in an inning. Well, and I don't I think that two thirds of an inning. That guy's too good of a pitcher. I agree with you. But when the, when the Dodgers capitalized on on that opportunity, it seemed like they just took the series right away from Washington. And based off how Scherzer was going, again, he gave up a home run in the first inning of Game 4. And you're thinking, here we go again. And they were able to wait them out. And Zimmerman came up with a huge pinch hit home run. Robles, or not Robles, Soto has been incredible in this series. And now you're throwing Strasburg, who has been the best pitcher for the Nationals down the stretch, and going up against Walker Buehler, who in his very young career has solidified himself as the Dodger ace. I know you still have Kershaw there. I know Ryu is probably going to win the Cy Young this year, but Buehler is kind of the ace of that staff. And I feel like this game's gonna got two, one, three, one, three, two written all over it. I'm fascinated to see what happens. Gun to my head, I'm going to take the Dodgers at home. But I have no idea where to go. Where do, where do you, you said you kind of like the Nationals or I like the them? Nationals? I think they have a little bit more experience in that lineup.
0: Um, I mean, the Dodgers have all these young guys playing. I don't know if Bellinger's ready to go or anything like that. So I like the Nationals. I think Rendon's going to get a big hit. I think of uh, I think Zimmerman, who are, are already had a big hit, and I like a big hit from Soto. And the other thing I like, and I'm not a Bryce Harper hater by any means, but I want to see them go to the NLCS w- the year after Bryce Harper leaves. A big middle finger.
1: We said this when the season ended and did our playoff preview. I just hope all those Yankee fans, some of those in which we were sitting around during the game. You can, need to get over it, can take Some people it are si- just stupid. Can, but th- see, that's the thing. S- sit down and understand that Bryce Harper... Didn't even get his team to the playoffs this year, and the team in which he played for is one win away. I tell you, if they win this game, I, I mean, I, I can't tell you how the worst person who's going to feel the, the person who's going to feel the worst is going to be Harper. There's no way because they never won a meaningful game with him, and this is going to be. It's not obviously they didn't do it because of him or because he's not there. That's a stupid thing to say, but. You certainly can't tell me he's that much of a great player if, if the team A does better with you and the team you go to who had talent and, and high expectations didn't even make the playoffs. All right, plenty of baseball. I can't wait to see how these figure out. Um, ALCS starts on Saturday. It'll either be in Houston or in the Bronx. I'm excited. Okay, quick college football. There weren't a lot of big games this week, but Florida... Moved up to number seven by behind Trask, their th- backup quarterback, filling in for Felipe Franks for the rest of the year. Take down Auburn, 24-13 in the Swamp. I don't know if he watched any of this game. I watched it before the Yankee game came on at five. I did watch. Believe it or Florida's not. Florida's defense is Sworn. absolutely absurd. And I thought Bo Nix was going to have a little bit better game. The he freshman looked, looked like lost. a freshman.
0: That's all you have to say about that. He's a freshman. Um... I just The thing is, for me, I think Auburn's a little overrated this year, and I feel like they've been a little overrated for the past couple years. I just don't think that they're as good of a team as everybody says. And that SEC East, I just think, aside from LSU, is really weak. Like, I don't even think Florida's that good.
1: Well, LSU's in the West with with Auburn and Bama. You're talking about the East is is Georgia. I'm sorry, yeah, yeah, I got the two
0: teams confused. I think Georgia's obviously, obviously the class of that side and I, I really don't even think Florida's that good. I think Florida's oh, going to get exposed.
1: You see, I disagree. I think Florida's problems might only be because their backup quarterback has a backup quarterback moment just like Knicks had a freshman quarterback moment. I think they are this good. Their defense is elite. This is a top five four defense in the entire country. They'll win games literally just based off that. When they play Georgia, I, that's going to be their only real test, you know, uh, unless they want you know until they want to eventually get to the SEC championship game Georgia's is going to be their hurdle for Auburn I didn't lose a lot of faith in them they went into a hostile environment in the swamp and played a team that just had an incredible defensive scheme against the young quarterback their running game was non-existent and when Nick's had to make plays he couldn't you know he's played he's passed basically every test before this I really can't shit on him he's going to have a plenty more opportunities to show himself in the coming weeks is he's going to have LSU he's going to have Georgia and he's going to have Alabama you know Thanksgiving weekend so I, I'm I'm very much looking forward to seeing how he rebounds either way tremendous win for Florida there's a couple really good games first this of all yeah. I'm going
0: to stop you right there yeah I want to talk
1: about my pokes
0: Okay. okay I watched this game I was laying in bed after the Yankee game after a big Yankee win what the fuck is going on Mike Gundy, you go down to Texas Tech, and oh, they got waxed. You know, this is supposed to be the high-flying Big 12. You're supposed to be slinging the ball around, right? You have the best running back in college football. No disrespect to the guy at Wisconsin, but I forgot his name. But he's leading. He's lead. Scuba. That's it. He's leading the country in rushing by about 250 yards. You know Texas Tech is going to load the box up on you. I know you recruited a halfway decent quarterback to sling the ball around there, and you're stacking the box on these guys and getting two-yard runs. Where is the schemes? Where the fuck are the schemes? This Texas Tech team is not that good, okay? I like their quarterback. He had a halfway decent game, but... You're supposed to be probably, what, the second-best team? You're ranked—I think they were ranked 24th in the country. They were 4-1 and one before this. You're supposed to be probably the third-best team behind Texas in the Big 12. They had
1: played—well, okay. Well, yeah, you're talking about Texas and
0: Oklahoma. Of course. Yeah, yeah. They're the third-best team yep. in the Big 12, in my opinion, and I think everybody else is before this game. And they had played well. You know, the only real test they had, admittedly, is against Texas, but they held Texas pretty close in Texas. So I just don't understand this, Gundy. Figure it the fuck out.
1: That was some of the best college football analysis I have heard from you ever. Thank you. I watched that was the game. well done. If I watch a
0: game, I know what I'm talking about. It's well, just,
1: you just football. Yeah, no, I get that. But I think you know, you're talking about other teams in the conference. You're 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 referencing you know the top running back in the country and Taylor, other than the Scuba Kid. I, I'm very impressed. Thank you. Okay. And Frenchie would be very impressed. Scuba, I like him as like a fourth or fifth rounder. By the way, all right, the
0: guy can run between the tackles. He's got a little bit of elusiveness as well. I think I think
1: he'd be a pretty oh, good back Oh, come running April, guy. we're gonna we're we're gonna get our draft guy on. We'll see where he ends up. Your draft guy's me now. I'm a college football yeah, guy yeah, College football through. savant. Um, we're not gonna preview these games, but I'm just gonna talk about the games that are coming up this week for Tom. Now that he's back knee deep into college football he's got his pokes but you got a lot of other good games to watch this week buddy you got number 20 virginia at miami that's friday night upset alert oklahoma number six at number 11 texas in the red river rivalry this is the best that this that this game has been in a while ellinger for texas jalen hurts on heisman watch for oklahoma should be really fucking fun alabama number one goes into number 24 texas a&m A&M plays them tough every time in College Station. This is a real test, my friend. I think this is a test. I mean, listen, Alabama didn't play great against Ole Miss. They ran away late. They crushed South Carolina, but South Carolina was able to score on them particularly early. Sorry, Will. Listen, I think that Texas A&M can give this team a game. Alabama's defense, especially in their linebacking uh, court, that's that's a problem for them. They have not been able to play all that well. I think they'll score because their wide receiver quartet is the best in the country and obviously Tua is the top 2-3 quarterback in the country. But their defense has serious problems, and I'm wondering if A&M can expose them at all. And in College Station with that stupid 12th man, the only reason I call it stupid is because every place calls themselves the 12th man. I actually think that the home field matters there. I just hate that term. It's like whenever t- I have to hear that Ryan Fitzpatrick went to Harvard or Chris Hogan played lacrosse. Oh, I was going to say that one. I'm tired of it. You know, Julian Edelman was a quarterback in college. Like, come on. I get it. The 12th man. Fine. Um, Number 10, Penn State at number 17, Iowa. That's a really good game in the Big Ten. That should be a smash-mouth game. And then Florida gets its chance with LSU. No rest for the wicked. This time they're on the road with this backup quarterback. Seven against five on Saturday night. This is going to be a game in Death Valley.
0: I think they have the toughest schedule in the country. Well, the SEC. I mean, if you take a look at their schedule, and Will was trying to argue with me on Saturday night. I was hanging out with the uh, with the two cousins. We got to have Joe on the pot to do some baseball, by the way. I said, I think I said that. He's a little disappointed in our coverage. Joe, get the fuck over it. Um, we covered you to death today. I don't want to yeah, hear it. Absolutely. Um, Will was trying to argue that South Carolina had the toughest schedule.
1: Well, I mean, again, I think it's. Are, is it the toughest schedule amongst? Com- Contenders or toughest schedule?
0: Because I don't know what they were trying to argue, but I think Florida has the top three toughest schedule in the league. Well, here's my question. Or in the it, country, it, I'm sorry. Yeah,
1: it is when you looked at the season and then the rankings, did you think South Carolina had a legitimate chance to win a national title? South Carolina will never win a national okay. title. So Mark my amongst, words. Uh, yeah, so they have a tough schedule. Of course they do. They play in the SEC. I mean, does Arkansas have an easy schedule? They have to play L S U, Alabama, Auburn all the SEC West teams every year. There was a year that I think that Arkansas went 7-6. and six, And it was a year where they had Darren McFadden. And they lost to every team. And, and the, that was when the SEC was really... No, it was after McFadden. Um, it was a year in which the SEC, at a time, I think had 7 teams ranked in the top 25. And I think 4 of them in the top 8 or 10. Like... That's just how it is, man. I mean, it's a dog-eat-dog world. I mean, Florida in the SEC East really just has to deal with Georgia. But they play their SEC West opponents. I mean, they just had Auburn at the Swamp. And uh, and now they get LSU in Death Valley, and this is the big test for Burrow because they're gonna be they're gonna be favored. And I gotta see if Burrow's the real deal because he's the first quarterback it's looked
0: like LSU has had in a long time. I think LSU wins this game by ten points or more. Go Swaggy B. Go That's Swaggy Barros B We're gonna find out. Either way, this and is their a... defense is a top five defense in the country. Oh, dude, as they're well. so good. They're so good. No, and, at,
1: and at night in in that stadium. Uh, it's going to be hard to win, but I have given Florida a lot of credit. I mean, being on a backup quarterback and putting up the the kind of performance they did against Auburn, I give, you can a give lot them all respect. the credit you want. Doesn't give them a win. No, it probably doesn't. Um, but either way, finally, this is going to be a great college football weekend mixed around the baseball playoffs. It's going to be a good uh, good start to the weekend. Okay, everybody listening, we finally made it. Tom. You ready to talk some NFL, buddy?
0: Yes, let's jump into NFL. Obviously, this NFL podcast is sponsored by SorrySports.com, the greatest website in the world. Check it out. I have like five articles in the can for Mike Phillips. Sorry, buddy, I got to upload those. Sean, I-, I don't know, maybe he got uh, a case of arthritis or something. Uh, his fingers just haven't been working lately.
1: Oh, they've been working, but on schoolwork. Oh, well.
0: um, Listen, um, uh, another thing I have to say in advance, I, I just want to apologize for my secretary. Oh, that was bad. There was an email sent out internally. We have dealt with it internally, but it is a public website. Anybody can see it. I just want to apologize. The charges were favored by six and a half. For some reason, my secretary, I don't know where he got the number four because I actually looked at the lines from last week. There is... Out of all the lines, I don't know how many games were played and I'm not going to count them. There is not a single four 14. on there,
1: bud. 14 were played last week. 14 games played
0: last week, not a single line had the number 4 included at all. So I don't know where he got the 4 from. He's got to figure it the fuck out. I understand that the LA Chargers played at 405. Maybe that's what it was. That's bad. But it's it, it's it's inexcusable. And we just don't perform like that over here at Sorry Sports. We pride ourselves on, obviously, integral journalism, punctuality, and just being hard workers, and that's not hard work. That's lazy work for my secretary, and it won't happen again. He has been disciplined internally. His bonus has been revoked. I will tell you that right now. That money's going back in my pocket. But, you know, to give you this synopsis, the Chargers were actually favored last week at home by six and a half, and I picked them. That didn't work out for me. And he put that they were that they were underdogs by four.
1: It can't happen Before again. Before we get into the, our slate and talk about our picks, I'm finally out of my survivor pool. You know why? Because I picked this fucking Charger team. The only other game on the slate that I could have gone with, because I had already used the Eagles. That goes to show how bad the NFL is this year with some of the bad teams. I'd already used the Eagles, the Patriots, and the Chiefs. I was like... Are, and the Cowboys, because I just pick anybody who's playing the Dolphins, and I was just like, "Ah, oh, fuck! Miami's not playing this week, so I can't use anybody against them." And the only other game I possibly could have used was Bears Raiders. Well, if I did that, I would have been shit out of luck well, too. At least you'd be a Or uh,
0: fucked either way. Yeah,
1: fucking Charger. Phillip Rivers f- screws me again.
0: It's tough, and he screwed me as well. All right, so let's jump into some of the uh, let's jump into some of the festivities. This is the Week Five recap. We'll lead off with the Minnesota Vikings fucking you a different way this time, winning twenty-eight to ten. Um, and I think everyone on the Giants died,
1: so I did pick the Giants uh to cover, but I knew that they wouldn't. You I went with was, your heart. Yeah, t- exactly. And th- and actually, going three and one this week, I picked with my heart. I did a pretty damn good job. Um, you picked two games with your heart. You went one and one. I picked every game with my heart.
0: Nah, you didn't. Yeah.
1: I'll, I'll have, have pick to we the, pack. the we'll, we'll get to it. Um, you called me out for it. That's how I remember. Um, okay, so no Saquon. Wayne Gallman gets hurt with a concussion. Sterling Shepard gets hurt with a concussion. Evan Ingram gets hurt. The Giants didn't have a starting linebacker with Lorenzo Carter ruled out and Ogletree not playing. So Jabril Peppers was forced to play Linebacker. I'm going to give you an idea as to how well that worked. It didn't. i got to actually say for— He did a decent job. For, well, Peppers had a great game. Um, I have to actually say the Giants acquitted themselves halfway well in this game, at least early on. They had chances to actually keep this game very close. So Jones missed a wide-open throw to Shepard deep. That could have changed the tenor of the game. Rookie quarterback overthrew the guy a little bit again those things are going to happen he made a beautiful throw to Slayton in the end zone to make it a 7-7 game Slayton really showing off that burner speed for what he was drafted for but you know there was a case I mean the the Vikings were just slanting and crossing them to death I mean it was just middle of the field passes exposing their linebackers I expect the Pats to do a lot of that tomorrow too squeaky wheel gets the grease Steelin goes off. Oh, he went off. And, and Cousins had a really good game against a terrible defense, and I kind of had an idea that that was coming. Um, so I give the Vikings credit. They exposed the Giants' weakness, and they and they did it well. And Cousins is obviously good enough to beat bad defenses. We've seen that plenty of times. Um, but the Giants had an instance in the second quarter where they had stopped uh, Minnesota deep in their own territory within their own 15 yard line. They sack Cousins, got a lot of pressure on him. It was a 4th and I think like 21 and the Giants probably would have gotten the ball back at their own like or at like their own 45 or at midfield. Illegal hands to the face on Jenkins. Gives the Vikings a first down. They march on down the field, get down to the 1. Peppers smacks the ball out of Dalvin Cook's hands. The Giants get the ball momentum and then these are the kind of things that piss me off with Shermer and have me continually you know scratching my head with him because every once in a while he puts together a nice little package of plays but then he does shit like this you're boxing to your own one yard line you got to get the ball out this is no longer Eli Manning playing quarterback you have Daniel Jones who's mobile and has shown his wheels already in this game you don't roll him out you run up the middle with fucking Perriman what are you doing the Vikings just tore apart that giant offensive line which had been happening anyway roll him out get him in motion worst case scenario he scrambles for two or three yards to just get you out of the end zone terrible play call no awareness And it's, again, just the vanilla play calling. And I understand that you don't have a lot of great players from your skill positions available to you. They're all hurt. But show something. And when we talk about your Jets, it's the same thing. This is an NFL team. Not a good one, but an NFL team. You finally have your mobile quarterback who's shown nothing but his ability to scramble and make things happen out of nothing. And you run an up-the-middle run with a, a guy you just signed off the practice squad. Terrible play call, and that's what changed the game safety Giants punched away Vikings score again before you know it it's a 2-3 score game Jones made a couple of nice throws that were dropped by Ingram and Shepard before they exited the game again what I'm looking for from Jones just continue to do the best you can you don't have any talent around you especially with all these guys hurt get up from the ground galvanize your team do the best you can I can't take anything away from him in this game. He missed a couple throws. That's gonna happen. You wish he would have converted him. He still looks fine to me. He looks like a guy who, if you put talent around him, can win you ball games. And in three starts, I'm encouraged by that. There's nothing else to be encouraged about with this team.
0: Yeah, man, you said it all right there. Terrible play calling and
1: They're all good. We're gonna
0: we're gonna move on to the Jets here because that's pretty much enough analysis for the Giants. I don't really have much to take away from the Vikings because they played the Giants. I think the Vikings are a 500 football team, maybe, maybe one game better than 500. So the Jets, they went into Philly and got smacked around by the Eagles. The only thing I take away from this game is, again, the same thing you take away. And I don't... I don't want to be put on the record saying I hate Adam Gase because he hasn't really had much to work with, but I fucking hate Adam Gase. It's just so vanilla. This guy's supposed to be the quarterback whisperer. Give your guy a chance. I know it's Luke Falk, but, I mean, it's just, like, I just don't even know what to say. There's just nothing on this team. Quinn Williams plays, which gets me a little bit excited, The defensive front was the only kind of plus for the Jets. Their secondary is terrible aside from Jamal Adams and Marcus May. Obviously, they have no offensive weapons outside of Le'Veon Bell because Robbie Anderson's pretty much nobody if you can't find a goddamn quarterback that can throw him the ball. I can't really say anything again about the Eagles. The offense looked pretty good. Uh, I think Wentz sat the entire fourth quarter. I'm glad the Jets rested Le'Veon Bell and didn't keep running him into the ground and brought in Bilal Powell. Um... After this game was a blowout. The only thing I take away from this is. I know it's early to say. Because we're only what? The Jets already had a bye week. They're four games in. I really don't like Adam Gase at all. I don't like his responses to the media. You can be a dickhead if you want. But win some fucking games if you're going to be a dickhead. Your responses are not only asinine. But they're fucking stupid. To the media. And then your play on the field. And the way you get the players going is terrible too. And they make dumb penalties. I have nothing good to say about this team. No, and I think that that's... And this team sucks regardless. Like, if you give Bill Belichick this team, they probably win maybe four games
1: instead of two. But, like, there's just nothing good to say about it. There's nothing good to say about it. And and the other... The the main issue I have is to exactly your point. You know, the guys on the Michael K. show at 98.7 New York... They did a great job explaining this because this is how I felt, you know, switching back and forth between the games. Talking about depression between the Giants and the and the Jets, um, you almost wish you lived somewhere else so you could. Watch oh a god, game. that was terrible. I, I was wishing for as many red zone opportunities as I got for you know other games, um. I know he's your third-string quarterback, and I know he's a practice squad guy, and he has really no business playing in the National Football League. As a matter of fact, I don't even know if he has business playing in the XFL or the AAF. However, your job as an offensive mind, unlike the previous Jets head coaches, is to organize a game plan where at least you can move your ball. I'm not expecting him to put up 30 points. I don't expect him to be a Gardner Minshew. I don't expect him to be a Kyle Allen. I don't expect him to be a Daniel Jones. I don't expect him to be any of these guys. What I do expect is to see at least this is 2019 offense. You're not doing anything. Put your guy in a position to be successful. And and that's the thing. I mean, these two three-yard passes, these runs up the middle with no line and an obvious run play, I mean, he's not giving him a chance to do anything. And again, give him a chance to be successful. Exactly right, bro. I, I, I understand that you're stacked up against it. And nobody expected them to beat the Patriots. Nobody expected them to beat the Eagles. But to not score an offensive touchdown in two starts, three starts, three consecutive games... Counting that Monday night game in Game 2, I know um, uh, Simeon got hurt. You have not scored an offensive touchdown since Week 1, I believe. If I'm wrong, somebody correct me, but I'm pretty sure that that's correct. Nobody can score on this fucking team. It's unbelievable. And if you can't have a quarterback who was getting first-team first reps at least for a week, and let me get into that for a second too, at least be able to move the ball slowly but surely up the field and convert a touchdown then that's a really bad job out of you as a coach. Now, here's that thing. Sam Darnold last week was getting all the first-team reps in practice until Friday when he was ruled out. That's fucking awful. How do you not know that the guy's not ready to play by Friday? That means that you had this practice squad quarterback who stacked up against all odds anyway, not getting first-team reps when you knew that your quarterback with mono was going to be rushed back this week anyway terrible job managing the situation. Absolutely terrible. That is that is complete ineptitude and smugness by a head coach that really acts like he's won a lot when he hasn't won shit. He's had some bad teams. And again, I'm not expecting him to win. But to be this pathetic, I mean, it's almost like you're not watching. It's like you're watching a, 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 a peewee team play up against an NFL team. Uh, it's hard to talk about, and I'm done talking
0: about it. Darnold is probably going to be back this week. Oh, he was
1: announced he'll start,
0: yeah. I still don't see them winning, but, I mean, maybe, maybe they'll be able to score a touchdown. One can only hope for that. For me, the rest of this season, lose every game you can, trade away that pick for a boatload if you believe in Darnold. If not, Cash in on tour or whatever if you're going to be one of the top picks. I can't see you being worse than the Dolphins, but we'll have to see later in the year when they play. Um, And aside from that, I just want to see some success from the front front end of the defense. Keep playing well, the two safeties, and obviously a lot of improvement from Darnold.
1: Absolutely. Quick sidebar real fast before we move on to the rest of the games. Quick baseball score, Dodgers early. 2 nothing lead. Bottom one against Washington and Strasburg. They have first and second one out. You just wanted to
0: be right. Thanks a lot, Dick.
1: Alright, let's keep I, moving. I'm not the one scoring runs. Alright. The Seahawks beat
0: the Rams it's a great game, 30-29. to Russell Wilson and this Ram and this Seahawks team. I don't know. It's like they play like shit one week, and then the next week, and it looks like vanilla, and then the next week they're just beating the Rams. So I don't really know what to think of them. I am worried about this Rams team. Todd Gurley is clearly not the same player. Their defense is terrible. I, I, and I don't think Jared Goff can do it on
1: his own. It doesn't look like he can, although he had another nice game. I mean, they put up 29 points. They were down a lot, though. I know, but he, he was able to get them back, and, I th- again, I think that's a product of your defense. So... Again, what is wrong with this defense? Because that's the problem. They're scoring points. I know some of it's from behind, but how are they getting behind it? They, well, they can't it. stop the team with the ball. Well, aside from Aaron Donald, who's clearly being
0: doubled and triple teamed every single play, they can't generate pressure on secondary the Secondary blows. And, and that was my next thing. Their secondary, who seemed to be one of their strengths last year, getting to Lieb and Peters, sucks this year. So, I mean, when you can't get pressure on the quarterback and the fucking... And the cornerbacks can't cover... There's going to be a lot of open players for the other team. Absolutely, I, I think this was a great win for Seattle. And Jared Goff is not a very good come-from-behind quarterback. He is a I like to be up seven or more kind of, kind of quarterback because he gets a lot more comfortable.
1: Yeah, no, I agree, and I think if you pull almost all quarterbacks, they feel the same way. He doesn't have the Mahomes factor. I think that's really what it is. But I work at who Go- does though. Right, uh, Ninja- I want look- you. No. <laughs> He's a comeback kid. He is, but oh he could, he couldn't he couldn't lead them back this week. Um, Close though, almost, but not not quite. So uh, again, I I look at a game like this. This is a division game. Seattle was at home. It took every ounce that they had to win this football game, but they did win this game. And you got to give them a lot of credit. And you do have to start questioning this Ram team. You you absolutely do. They um they look vulnerable. And we thought that there really wasn't going to be anybody in the NFC that was going to rival them before the start of the season. There's several now that, that look to be up to par, if not better. All right, talking about Gardner Minshew, he lost his first game 31-20. Oh, no, I'm sorry. He lost the game against Houston, but that was because they, didn't, you know, they ran four net on that terrible two-point conversion instead of throwing the ball with Minshew. But he lost this game in Carolina. 3124. Can we just take a quick second before we start talking about the quarterbacks to talk about how incredible Christian McCaffrey is? This guy has to win MVP, right? He's amazing. The quarterback's going to win MVP like every other year, but
0: he is really carrying. Who's the quarterback scene? right now that could win? I mean, Mahomes had a terrible game, but he definitely he definitely put himself at the front right of the line right now McCaffrey's number 1. I, f- I really feel like it. For me, it goes Minchu McCaffrey. Oh, come on. And Mahomes. <laughs> <laughs> That's my fucking guy, man. He he is the best. I love him too. But now you're just being ridiculous. No, I think McCaffrey's definitely at the head of the MVP race. Deshaun Watson entered himself mm-hmm. into the competition mm-hmm. as well with a great game. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Takeaways from this game Panthers' defense looks pretty good, pretty sturdy, um, and obviously McCaffrey's great. Quarterback controversy for both teams. I mean, Cam Newton is still in a walking boot, but Kyle Allen's doing more than enough to win games. I think he's
1: 3-0. and Yeah, he hasn't lost yet.
0: I, I really don't know what they're going to do down there in Carolina, especially because Cam looked worse than bad when he was out there on the field. He could not get the ball moving at all, and McCaffrey was just
1: being completely neutralized. Ron Rivera did say that whenever he's ready, he is coming back and he is the starter, and I believe it. I mean, he is the icon. He has done much more for Carolina than anything Foles has done for Jacksonville, and I know they gave him the deal, but you used that good analogy. I know it's not totally parallel, but the analogy of what happened in Seattle seven years ago when, when they had Wilson play instead of Flynn, Flynn showed flashes in Green Bay, I know he never won a Super Bowl like Foles, but Foles also has didn't do that for Jacksonville. That's a, more of a controversy for me. For me, again, Minshew looked really good. He made plays. They had like four chances to finally put the ball in the end zone because the Panthers kept committing penalties at the end. They just couldn't push it across, but... This was an entertaining game. And Minshew also, they opened up the playbook a little bit for him. His numbers
0: looked a little bit more like one of the better starting quarterbacks in the league. He's taking control
1: of this team, man. And I don't think you can take him out unless you see him start to slip up. No, I, I think that that's a legitimate quarterback controversy. I don't think there's one in Carolina aside from the fact that Allen is winning. But if we, if Newton is totally healthy and ready to play... I just cannot possibly see them saying no. I, I mean, they'll ride or die with him because he's their franchise. I, I don't think Foles is the 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 Jaguars franchise. Um, all right, Houston, you did it for me, baby. I'm so happy for you. This was another game I picked with my heart. Watson played out of he his mind. He was like a fucking amazing. He was, dude. He he was as good as I've ever seen him in the NFL. And the Falcons suck. That's more it. This was great, Watson. This was really good, Texans. This was Dan Quinn needs to get fucking fired tomorrow. He hasn't gotten fired. Atlanta. I mean, and I said I'm done picking Atlanta. I I hate them, and they've cost me everything. I was teetering on on Houston. Remember, I said you need to show me something this week, or I'm done with you guys too. Well, they fucking showed up. They hung fifty three on the Falcons. The Falcons just look dead. They really do. I know they put up thirty two points. So much of that was garbage time. You lose by twenty one points to a team that scored ten the week before with a really bad offensive line. Deshaun Watson played like the kind of like a tier two quarterback on Sunday, and. The offensive line, for the most part, kept him upright. There's obviously still questions about it. It seems like they flip-flop every week. One week he looks really good because they keep him upright and they score points. The next week he's putting up 10 points and getting sacked six times. But for this week, they played a lifeless, gutless, I get to use the word, Atlanta Falcon football team. And that division,
0: that uh, AFC division, what is it, the AFC South? South? The Texans and the Colts are really going to be duking it out for that one.
1: Because, again, we're going to talk about the Colts in a little bit, too. Yeah, and obviously you you can't really count out Jacksonville if Minshew's your guy. So That's a wild card team. It's I'm a hold, fun division, man, because you know what? They're all flawed, but they also are all capable of winning any Sunday. And regardless of the cliche, I mean, they all can win on any Sunday against whomever. Great job by the Texans. I mean, again, Dan Quinn. Just how many times, can, how many weeks can you keep this job? Because again, this is a team. This guy's a defense. Let's just say this: this guy's a defensive head
0: coach. He's supposed but to his be defense sucks. a defensive <laughs> expert. And over the last, since they went to the Super Bowl, over the last, what was that, three years ago? Yeah, they've had a top, a bottom, excuse me, five defense in the league. So w- what else needs to be said? It's so bad. Okay, or if you're blank fire the guy.
1: In a in a in a really nice game, this Saints team continues to impress. They were at home, and they took down Jameis at riding high after that Rams win. 31-24, another close game, a seven-point game. Teddy Two Gloves, another win under his belt, and they don't have to rush Breeze back. This team's playing real well. When Brees comes back, there's no quarterback controversy there. No, duh. There, but, but they don't have to rush him back. That's no, not good No, not at thing. all.
0: And, and he's winning games for them. He's doing a good job, and he did a little bit more than manage this game because they didn't get too much out of Kamara this week. They didn't get too much out of Latavius Murray. This was Teddy Bridgewater actually going out and winning this
1: game. Oh, yeah. No, I, I don't get me wrong. I, I, I don't like... I don't like ever saying that, you know, when a quarterback plays well that it's a it's an indictment on the quarterback that's either hurt or isn't playing. But this is a really good game. You said it right. This is he's not just managing. He's winning football games and the first week or two, especially when he had to come in for Breeze, they didn't have a playbook open for him. I was impressed with this game because Tampa Bay the jury's still out for sure, but you really can't be hotter than a team that just went out to LA and hung fifty five on the Rams. So they come in, I know that it was their second straight, game, second straight game on the road, but they went into the Superdome last year in week one with Ryan Fitzpatrick and won. So this was anything but a gimme game, and New Orleans handled business without a great game from Kamara. I tell you what, Cam Jordan, I, I don't know how, I don't know what he's making, where he is contract-wise. That guy is a top three defensive player in the league this year. Strong. Strong. I, I, am I wrong? You're putting him with Mack and Donald? I, I, I think you have to. Darnold?
0: Donald? Donald? Donald, you had it right the first time. Thank Don't you. doubt yourself. Don- Don- Don-
1: Donald is not your baby boy. That's Darnold. Yes. Get better, baby boy. I hope your spleen's gonna, okay. He's going to play this week. Um, Yeah, really good game by the Saints. Next game up, my Oakland your
0: Raiders. I'm saying it, bro. I'm all in. I've been telling everybody. I'm all in on this team. Gruden, you are so fucking welcome on this pod. It's not even funny. And they played possibly the best defense in the league, and if there's one thing that travels, it's defense. And... Listen, I know you're playing Chase Daniels, but again, how much of a downgrade is he from Mitchell Trubisky? I a still think he's bit? a downgrade. I, I still no, think. I
1: agree with you. Still he's a
0: little bit a little of a close downgrade. Close the mic,
1: there. I got very, very excited. I'm sorry. I'm oh, sorry. That was me. I got oh, way too you close did? to the mic. Oh, I was that's like okay. Ready to be like, he's a downgrade. Yeah. No
0: worries. No worries. He he is a little bit of a downgrade just due to Mitchell Trubisky's athleticism and his skill. But quarterback wise, I I don't think he's that. Oh, of see, a downgrade. I, I
1: I couldn't disagree with you more. And I am not a Trubisky guy. Just wait till Trubisky There's a reason six six this guy next, next ha, ha, is a career out. back. Don't get me wrong. I am not. I don't think Trubisky's great, but the ability to win games and like play well enough. Trubisky
0: to, doesn't have the ability to win games either. He dude. can extend
1: plays. And he can, and I mean, we saw what he did in a couple of those games when the defense plays well, he plays really well. The uh Well chick- the problem was the defense didn't play so well. So that's the weird thing. You you said defense travels, and historically that's true. But you know where it doesn't travel to apparently? Is London. London yep. Because every defense I said whatever the stat was, uh Simmons and cousin Sal had it on uh, when they did their, their pot on Sunday night. They said when uh, like the last five teams that have played in London that were a top ten defense have given up at least twenty four or uh, twenty four points.
0: Maybe they don't sleep on the plane. I don't know. Maybe they so have their weird sleep to schedule's me. fucked up. But listen the things you got to take away from this game Carr played really well he spread the ball around nice especially missing his number one receiver in Tyrell Williams Gruden did a really good job making the game plan out the defense held up Vontaze perfect list defense and shout out to the NFL Sean should be happy they they upheld his suspension and great job a coming out party of some sorts for your boy out of Alabama Josh Jacobs Oh, he's so good. He had 26 carries,
1: 136 yards, and a TD, receiving TD. Yeah. So, well, he he ran a lot of those kind of plays in Tuscaloosa, and and you know what too is, he's a guy that you watch play, and he just runs in between tackles. He runs. So hard. It's always downhill. And the best running backs in the league, I mean, Gurley, before he got hurt, what do they always do? We see Saquon. Sometimes I want Saquon to run downhill more. He gets a little too shifty for my liking at times. But Elliott, always downhill. Jacobs is always downhill. But, yeah, man, I echo everything that you said. Great job by the Raiders. They're not my Raiders, but I'm happily able to give them to you. Um, really good performance. This was a game that nobody saw coming with how good the um. The Bears looked the previous two weeks, and you know this is a game that you're going to look back on and say this was a building game for for a young team. I think all the shit that they've gone through, I still don't think they're a playoff team. No, but although they are, I think the sixth best team in the um in the AFC. They're right. a frisky, fun team, and for all the nonsense that we say about Gruden and um, you know the ridiculousness between Burfect and the Marshawn Lynch last year and the AB thing this year. A team plays for him. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right, so I have a little trivia
0: question. Who is the first team to have a lead on the New England Patriots
1: this year? Oh, it would have to be the Redskins. The Washington Redskins. Because it was 7 They
0: got a 7-0 start, and then they never scored again. Now, listen, I don't know what to say about the Patriots. Um, this team is one of the best teams in the NFL, obviously, the Redskins fire Jay Gruden the next day at 5 o'clock in the morning. Um, I would have just hit the snooze button, to be honest with you, especially if I know I'm getting fired. That's I terrible. terrible. I would have hit the decline button. Not much to take away from this game. Tom Brady did not look his best, but who the fuck cares? I think Stidham got in this game at some point. I yeah, remember, that, he
1: played in the fourth a little bit. That was the second straight game that Brady really didn't look great. I mean, Buffalo made him look pretty shitty, and they escaped out of Buffalo with a win. He didn't. You're look- winning
0: games, man. You're going to walk to the AFC um, the AFC East title, so oh, I mean, yeah. who cares?
1: Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I, I'm certainly not going to sit here on a pod and talk about how Brady sucks. Um, yeah, it was 9-7 at the half, and then they just did what they always do, make second-half adjustments. The Redskins are an absolute disaster and I can't wait. we should we tell? Should we say that we're going to pick What are we going to do no, for? We're going to talk about that in our picks, okay. bro. Bury the lead. Right. I'm just that's what I asked. Um, bad radio.
0: Yeah, ask on the air. Well, actually Thanks, this Sean. isn't
1: radio. It's a pod, so. Bad bad recording. I totally disagree with you. Um but yeah, so uh, again, when you look at the R- Washington Redskins, like the Dolphins are a joke, the Bengals are a joke. Who else is a joke? Right now the Browns are kind of a joke. I'm sorry, I you can make a legitimate case to Jets, me well, the Jets, yeah, the, the Jets are for sure, but again, I give them a little bit of a pass Because their starting quarterback's been hurt Their top linebacker their for the team. year's been hurt Huh? Their entire team has been. Yeah, hit. so I, I'll give them a little bit of a pass This Redskin team might be worse than all of them Because I, I don't see Do you see any talent on this team? Uh, Yeah, the linebacker that they drafted in
0: the fifth round this year has got a little bit of talent. Um, Is that right? Yes, Terry McLaurin is going to be a stud-wide receiver in this league for a very long time. And then they have that other other linebacker that they've had for a really long time, the big white guy. Um, I forgot his name. I don't really
1: give a shit. Well, Jordan Reed's always hurt. Aside from that, no, there's no yeah. talent on this So team. their offensive line sucks. They started Eric Flowers. That's t- that tells you all you need to know about that. Well, their offensive line wouldn't suck if they weren't such a joke of a fucking franchise and they would just f- be decent. And see, like that's the thing that I kinda look at, right? Like if you if you look at the Bengals, it's like okay, you don't have any talent and you're clearly trying to lose. The Not Dolphins... to mention your first I think your first two picks are on
0: IL this year. Yeah for the for the, um, for the bangles, Bengals. Yeah. Which are offensive. Right. Linemen. The Dolphins
1: are intentionally trying to lose And the Jets' entire team has been decimated. So, like, those are all different circumstances. This team legitimately thinks they're okay, and they are fucking horrible. They're horrible. So, again, they start Colt McCoy. I get the firing. Everybody I heard about out of D.C. said that It was like 70% Patriot fans. There is no home field there. It's a dump. Nobody likes playing there. The team doesn't like playing there. It's lifeless. It's a disaster of a situation. So you fire Gruden at 5 a.m. the next morning. Classless, obviously. Because he didn't start Haskins, he didn't believe in Haskins, and now you're going to have... I imagine that Haskins is going to start every game from here on out. Because even in a bad situation, you got to see what you have from this kid. Or else you would have kept Gruden, who would play the rotating door of Colt McCoy and Case Keenum. I, I don't know what else to say here, man. I mean, the Patriots are obviously a damn good team, but they have not played anybody. Who, who's Who have they played? They played... The
0: only good t- Steelers. We don't have to go up and down the. We don't have. I to think go it was the Steelers, down. Dolphins, the only good Jets, th- Bills, and and uh, Redskins. The only good teams. Well, they played.
1: They yeah, played the Bills. That's five so games.
0: They didn't play the Jets. They played Miami.
1: No, they played the Jets week three. You might have forgotten that game <laughs> because that was the game that uh, Luke Falk's first start. That uh, that they didn't score yes, right. uh, an offensive the touchdown. The only team they played with that has even
0: a sniff of the playoffs is the bills
1: yeah. so 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 again I, I don't know what to make of it it, it you t- you handle business against uh, that game was i'm so glad that wasn't a local game for us because as bad as the giants and jets were could you imagine as that being like the third local game a- have access to us well don't tell my cable company but i do get
0: access to that game somehow Ooh, channel 2 is a terrible to
1: three. terrible um yeah, so that's that's Let's it move for on that. to the
0: next game. The Bills beat the Texans in a defensive battle fourteen. No, that seven. would be the Titans. We talked Titans, about the Titans, I'm sorry. They got my T's mixed up there. Yeah. That's another name association thing. I get those teams confused all the time. Bro. You know, you
1: pride yourself on everything other but the names. Names <laughs> I suck with.
0: Just get over it. Um The Bills defense is for real. What else you really have to say? And Josh Allen did just enough to win. Just enough to win. And Frank is
1: Fourteen to seven. You know, the Titans defense is pretty good. Their offense has been obviously inconsistent. What did I call the Titans? The definition of vanilla. Yeah. That's what they are. That's literally sure. what they are. They're yeah. gonna go eight and eight this year. Yeah, Guaranteed. Probably. Uh Mario looked awful. This Bill's defense though, to give them credit, it's really good. It's really good. They've stifled everybody they've played this year. Uh including the New England Patriots the week before. Um, you got to give them a lot of credit, and you got to win ugly. Listen, if they if you're a playoff team, they're four and one now. Again, they've beaten the Jets, the Giants, the Bengals, and the Titans. Not Murderers Row, but they did hang right there with the Patriots. And if Josh Allen hadn't been concussed, you could make a case that maybe they find a way to win that football game. Either way. If you're going to be a good team, you're going to have to win some ugly-ass games. This was an ugly-ass game that they walked away with. You get out of Nashville with the win, fourteen to seven or forty-five to seven. A win is a win on Sundays, so good for them. Uh, they're right there in the AFC picture, man. Their 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 defense is very good. It'll be interesting to see how far their offense carries them, but their defense is stop is really stellar. Cardinals get their first win of the Kyler Murray era. Walk off field goal, twenty-six twenty-three against the Bengals, who just can't catch a break.
0: Yeah, the Bengals were a little, a uh, little dinged up even more than they usually are. They were missing their number two wide receiver. They were missing obviously all the other players that they were missing that I don't really care about. Um, I mean, Kyler Murray, it was a lot of fun, and you know I have to say Kingsbury, he kind of opened up the offense a little bit more this week. I did. I tried to catch a bit of this game on Red Zone. Um, if any sponsors want to sponsor us and give us a little bit more money, I'll buy the NFL ticket. Hey. Yes, I absolutely will. Um, but I do have red zone, so I saw a little bit of it. He drew up some really good plays, Kyler Murray, and he, and they had some balls finally. You know, we talked about Kingsbury. Oh, he was going to go for all this shit. They went for it on fourth down in the red zone instead of kicking a stupid-ass
1: field goal. And what happened? Kyler Murray rushes for a touchdown. They should do this so much more often. That's a great observation by you because they should have done that in the Raven game. They have nothing to lose. Yeah, You know, you're going to lose a lot of games anyway. So whether you're playing a really bad team like the Bengals whether you're on the road or at home or if you're playing a good team fucking go for it why not you, what see what this want, kid's got
0: exactly and what do you want on fourth down you want options you don't want them to know what you're going to do you could run the read option this guy can scramble like he did for a touchdown he can throw I mean there's not there's not 26 many 26 yard to set up the
1: game winning field goal
0: yeah absolutely and that was another great play so good job by the Cardinals you got to win this year what else what else can you really ask for from a definite rebuilding team
1: not much, man. I mean, again, you're, this whole season is about Kingsbury and Kyler, and that's really it. Ravens beat the Steelers 26-23, another walk-off field goal. This one in overtime, and Steelers playing their third-string quarterback. He did
0: a good job keeping them in this game and sending them to overtime. Yeah,
1: Hodges, I believe his name is. Yeah, and, you know, I have to
0: say, and I'm such a hypocrite for saying this, but you watch that play where Mason Rudolph, I uh, for a second, you might have thought he was dead. Thank God he wasn't, obviously. He
1: was concussed before he hit the ground.
0: Yeah absolutely And and it just For for like a split second I was like I just don't even want to watch this game I don't want to watch this sport anymore I'm obviously going to keep watching it I'm 5-0 and in one of my fantasy leagues No big fucking deal whatever I know nobody cares about my fantasy leagues I'm beating Sean in picks I'm an expert And I'm going to keep watching football But there's seconds like that Where you're just like
1: I don't even want to watch this shit I'd rather watch golf well, it, it, as bad as that was, nothing was worse than the cart not working, and they had to get the guy who's completely out of his mind concussed, has no idea where he is, has no control of his body, throw Why his arms they, around two guys and walk him off the You mean to field. tell
0: me that you, you don't have a backup cart? Like you're a billion-dollar yes. franchise and you don't have a backup See, cart? See, I the think hell? that as bad as the hit was,
1: as and it wasn't malicious. It was just a no, it, it was, was just, just a, a hard bad. hit. Just the way they hit but like as bad as that is, that's part of the game and as awful as it is, you can kind of you can still stomach it. But to not have the cart working and to watch that poor guy walk off the field completely support Stumble What is this 1944? I mean, this is that was that was hard to watch. I'm glad that Red Zone quickly turned away from that so we didn't have to watch it because I mean, that's something that you know. Here, seventy thousand people in the stands watching this poor kid who doesn't even know where he is. I think he had blacked out at that point, being just you know, I can't say walked off the field, just held off the field by two guys. Uh, you know, the assistant trainer and and the uh, and one of the coaches. Just awful. But back to the game. They played them. They played a pretty good game. I thought Rudolph played well, like well enough to win. Lamar didn't look great, but he made plays that he had to in big spots. And again, Baltimore gets out of Pittsburgh to t- win.
0: What I take away from this game is that I don't really think the Ravens' defense is very good. No, they're not. And that's scary because you know this. I like Lamar Jackson a lot, but I think he needs a good defense behind him to win games more than most quarterbacks. Yeah, we
1: got kind of caught up in it because he played the fucking dolphins he played the dolphins and i forget who they played in week 2 but they 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 trounced them and oh i think it was arizona yeah i think it was arizona but it was yeah so you know those are two really bad teams that you're that you beat um yeah i agree with you the defense needs to step up because it's disconcerting mason rudolph put up you know 20 points on you um yeah i i don't know what they're going to do if you're the steelers do you make a trade for a guy like a Ryan Fitzpatrick or a journeyman quarterback to try to salvage? Because you got to believe Rudolph's done for a long time. If
0: I'm them, at least three weeks. Uh, if I'm them, I probably roll with the punches. But again, you know, the thing is here is that you probably roll with the punches, but you just made you just traded your first pick in the draft for for um, Minka Fitzpatrick. So your back's kind of against the wall here. I don't know. Maybe, maybe you go to the Eagles and y- you ask for a McCowan, or maybe, maybe you do get a Fitzpatrick or one of these backups.
1: Yeah. See, I, if I'm them, I subscribe to the idea of, hey, listen, we've done the best we could. This is just not our year. And you, you know, a we, we, have an trade elite, we have an elite. We have an elite. Sec. We have an elite. Uh, safety in Fitzpatrick, who we traded for, who's only in year two of his contract. He's gonna be around for a while. You have Roethlisberger coming back next year. It's not like you're in quarterback purgatory, and regardless of how I feel about him, he's still a guy that's capable of getting you to the postseason. You have Devin Bush, who is playing pretty well as a a rookie. You've got James Conner. You have pieces. Their wide receivers are good. And their wide receivers are good. So if I'm them, I say, hey, listen, I know we don't have our first-round pick this year, and that sucks, but let's not mortgage our entire future to – try to just, you know, piecemeal this together. I think you got eventually have to look yourselves in the mirror and say, this is just not our year. And I don't think it's the Steelers' year. Have a bad year. Don't tank, but also don't, you know, don't try to do too much. Because again, if you trade for a Ryan Fitzpatrick or a Josh McCown, are they getting you to the playoffs? A, that's already a tall task. You're one and four. And B, if you find your way to the playoffs, are they capable of winning you a Super Bowl? No. So look yourself in the mirror. It sucks you don't have your first round pick, but you did get Minka Fitzpatrick, who arguably is better than anybody you're gonna draft it with your with a top pick, because again, there's not a lot of holes on this team. So, you know, just build from rounds two on, use free agency, use your trades and and see where you're at. For the Ravens, I think you're right about their defense being a major concern. I still think they're a playoff team at this point though, right? I think they're a They've playoff team. They've got to win this division. I think they're a playoff team by default. Yeah. No, I agree. All right, Broncos-Chargers. Broncos get their first win of the year under Vic Fangio. The Chargers fucked me. They fucked you. They fucked a lot of people this week. What a terrible performance by Phillip Rivers. Just an absolutely awful job. How you lose this game and look that inept, I still think this team has talent, and they just looked like they couldn't do fucking shit in this game. Well, start off by saying, keep in mind,
0: I know we're not talking about injuries anymore with this Yankees season because... You know, they did the impossible. They're the greatest team ever, but this is football. This team's killed by injuries. Oh, yeah, for sure. Different sports. I know, I know. I was completely joking about that. But with that being said, you're at home. I know it's not much of a home field advantage. You play in a soccer stadium in L.A., and I feel like 90% of the people in there were wearing orange. But to go out there and just lay that kind of an egg, Phil Rivers, you're a veteran quarterback. You're better than that. And listen, this it was just a horrible game. It was really tough for me to watch. And the Broncos got off to a really fast start. I feel like they've gotten off to somewhat of a fast start in every single game and then given it up. And they just didn't give it up in this game. And to not have Bradley Chubb in the game, there really wasn't that much pressure on Rivers
1: generated. I don't know. I just don't get it. It was 17 nothing at the half. They only scored three more points. I mean, you tell me if you're Phillip Rivers, you can't come back from that? Come on. At least make it close. Pathetic. Thirteen points is all you muster. Pathetic. Gutless. Gutless. Dereliction of duty. Absolutely. Well, not battle tested. No. 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 What else no, do you none say? Of, no, those are basically it. Um, yeah. Really bad game. The la- the next four o'clock game. Will how are we feeling? The Green Bay Packers, another I you, team. I, I got this game right because I picked with my heart. I faced again. San Joe.
0: I said, "Let me see him," and he cursed me out.
1: That sounds about right. You wasn't 34, though. No tears. 34-24. 20, and it wasn't that close. Again, it was 17 nothing at the half. The Cowboys did make a couple of plays to get back in the game, at least give you a feel for it. I think it was 34-17 at one point uh, before they scored their last touchdown to make it a 10-point game, but it never really was close. Their defense was getting torched by Aaron Rodgers, and, and Jones just had a day for the ages. He could do anything he wanted, and again, this is not me saying he's a bad quarterback. Just again, Cowboy fans, Dak Prescott's not an elite quarterback. You can't pay him like an elite quarterback. He's not an elite quarterback. That's not a problem. Wait, is Dak Prescott an elite quarterback? No. <laughs> he, okay, thank you. He's fine. Again, if you're if he puts up twenty four points, this defense argue it, it should be good enough to win most and games. And you know what the
0: crazy thing is? They had more yards and all that stuff because they were trying to come back on the cow on the on the Packers but Rodgers didn't have to do much. Aaron Jones ran all over this
1: team. Jesus Christ. Yeah. He 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 had a field day. And I think this was more good Packers than bad Cowboys. This was a this just looked like they were clicking on all cylinders on offensively and they've already shown a propensity to play very good defense this year. They're four and one now and they might be the class of the NFC. As a matter of fact, I think you can say they're the class of the NFC. Although, the 49ers might have something to say about that. But, um, I'm not going to shit on the Cowboys. I'm just going to say, again, you've now played two real teams in back-to-back weeks. And you're 0-2. And that's a problem. And this is why, all the time, I have my doubts with this team. When they play great defense, most like uh, most teams, Dak Prescott, Zeke Elliott, and that receiving court will do enough to win you plenty of games and that's a fine thing it's not an indictment and a knock on the guy to say he's not an elite quarterback or a top you know five quarterback, tier one quarterback however you want to say but to to act and walk around when he has these games against the Giants and the Dolphins and the Redskins like he's Pat Mahomes you're either completely blinded by fandom or you just don't know the game and there's nothing else I can say about that. If he was my quarterback and I had the same team that uh, Dallas has, I would feel pretty good about Prescott, and I would like to, and I would feel like I could win with him. But I would also never make the claim that he's going to be the reason that I win. He's going to be a reason, but he's never going to be the reason. And again, that's not a that's not an insult. People need to fucking relax about him. Um, but tough job. They're now uh, three and two. Good news for them is they have the Jets this week at MetLife. They should handle business in that game, get back on track. I feel really good about this Packer team. I, I I just don't know how you could feel bad about them at this point.
0: Yeah, they've actually played real competition. And there's a lot of top teams in the league that just haven't played anybody yet. You just referenced the Cowboys. We referenced the Patriots earlier. There's a lot of teams that haven't played anybody yet. But, again, this Packers team, they already beat the Bears this year. And now they beat the Cowboys and they beat the Eagles. So they've played some real competition on some teams that are destined to make the playoffs. So I am definitely happy with this Packers team. I like their new head coach. Beat the Vikings too. too. And say what you want about the Vikings, but at least they're a real team. Absolutely. All right, moving on to the next one in a shocking game. Did we say we were going to take the over in this game? I don't remember, but everybody was leaning towards that way. The Colts beat the Chiefs 19 to 13. I get it. Mahomes had an ankle injury. But the Colts had a lot of Malik Hooker was out of this game. They're, they're all pro linebacker that they drafted last year. I forgot his name. He was out of this game. This defense was buttoned up. Nineteen to thirteen. This will be the lowest scoring Chiefs game of the year. I guarantee you that.
1: Think they had a little revenge on their mind, the Colts, after that playoff game last year, where the Chiefs just ran through them. I don't know. I don't care. I don't regular season games after you get
0: beat last year in the playoffs. I don't. I don't consider any of that.
1: No, I don't think we do, but I don't know if they do or if don't. And I think that was was a real statement game because, like you said, there were excuses for this team to not play great defense. You're playing Mahomes. Mahomes made that throw on the run off one leg down the sideline in the first quarter. That was pretty much it, though. And that was like, okay, this is just stupid what this guy can do. And you're right. That was basically it set looks really good with this team, and I think that he's a poor man, Zach Prescott. At least now, because he doesn't have the history of Prescott. But from what I mean is if the defense plays well and he's got that running game, he can look really good. He can look very good. Speaking of running game, Marlon Mack's like a top five back. In the I, league I right love now. watching him play.
0: Yeah. And I, I remember a couple weeks ago. Another I heard, guy running through the tackle. I heard
1: myself call him Shelvin Mack. Remember him? He was the point guard for uh, Butler on that team that went to the Final Four. Yeah, he played I, I was the, the I was like, where did I come up with that name? And he I played like, in the oh. league for a while. He played for the Jazz few other Yeah, things. I was like, oh. I think he might still be in the I league. I was like, I can't believe I pulled that name out of my ass. But, um, yeah, so Marlon Mack, great running back. And that offensive line, can we say enough about Quentin Nelson? I mean, this, this offensive line, it, what a difference two years makes when Brissette had to come in for luck two years ago and what he's playing now. There's no difference in his skill set. I think I always thought he was pretty decent. But what he can do now behind that line with this running game, he is capable of making every throw on the football field. Absolutely, man. I really like the Colts.
0: And the Chiefs, they just had a little bit of a stinker. And you watch the game and it you happens. Read fucking up with the timeouts again. Not that Not that it really mattered towards the end of the game, but... Clock management, Andy Reid. Let's let's get it together. It's year like 20 for you. Figure it the fuck out. All right, last game. We have your Cleveland Browns getting just straight waxed by the undefeated San Francisco.
1: You want to finish that? The San Francisco 49ers. Well done. <laughs> you just finished that. I was like... There's no way he's gonna say the Giants. <laughs> I no had you there. Say the Giants. I had you there. Uh, I was hoping you were gonna say like the San Francisco Warriors. Um, but <laughs> no.
0: I I that was that was actually a joke, everybody. Yeah, um, I'm sure.
1: I'm sure. But tone of voice really sold it as a joke, bro. <laughs>
0: I'm good at that kind of stuff. It's no yeah, big deal. Real delivery. Jimmy G looked pretty good. He didn't really have to do much because both of his running backs I think went over a hundred yards. So Tevin Coleman as well as Matt Breida. And that defense looks pretty fucking good. Bosa was an animal.
1: Pointed the flag. Uh, that was pretty fun. Uh, he remembers what Baker did two years ago when he was at the Sooners and uh, beat Ohio State in Ohio State. Those guys don't forget that shit. Um, I didn't watch any of this game because it was game three of the Yankee series, so I had to watch a shit ton of highlights, Unfortunately, because ESPN only does football and basketball mostly, they, they were covering this game pretty well on uh, Get Up the next morning. Dude, I can't get enough. I love this. I love every second of it. I'm not going to continue to say every time the Browns lose big that all the reasons why I love it. But everybody who listens to this podcast knows I love this. You talk too much shit. You talk way too much shit. And you're not that good. You're just not that good. I I was on my phone for a second there just... To blow the
0: whistle, and I thought you were talking shit about me. I was about to jump the. Table. Oh my god! Did you really? You, really you think talk that? too
1: much shit. You're not that great. And I was like, "What the fuck is this guy trying well, to say?" Well, I mean, that's all true too. <laughs> but no, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, again, like. And you're starting to hear rumblings too. I know this whole Richard Sherman handshake thing. It doesn't make sense because he said that Baker like refused to shake his hands and went on this whole tangent about how that's college bullshit. But yet there's video of them shaking hands before the game. So I don't really know what Richard Sherman was trying to do there. Richard Sherman's also
0: out of his. He's a very smart guy, but
1: he's out of his goddamn
0: mind. He is out of his goddamn mind. Believe anything. Uh, I don't
1: believe any. I mean, certainly now because it's just like, and then he's like, I don't remember. I'm like. I I I, I could have I could tell you everybody I shook hands with that today. How many? Go ahead. Well, no I worked me. in Synchrony this morning. About 15, 16. Name them. Not gonna, nobody needs I'm to know kidding. their we're names on this podcast. Pod. I mean, they're not NFL players, but I'm saying that if you were to like run through a day, who cares about that? You won the game. Why but you got to be? But petty? See, that's how I feel. Like, what are you doing? Like, why can't you just keep it as we kick their fucking asses and that's it? As for, the, as for Baker and the Browns team, the coach obviously is a, is a disaster. We know that. Odell Beckham didn't have a catch in this game. And if I were him, I would feel like I'm in Giants territory all over again because he doesn't have a quarterback who can get him the ball. And I think a lot of that is, again, contingent upon the – you think how many times that a wide receiver – has big games, it's always because the quarterback has time to make throws. This offensive line, it's so hard for me to trash Baker. Listen, he has not played well and I'm not a fan, but this offensive line really sucks. It's bad, dude. Absolutely. And Zietler is playing good good offensive line for the Giants. He's not an all-pro by any stretch like he used to be, but he's keeping the right side upright for a guy like Daniel Jones. I guarantee you that Baker Mayfield wishes he had Kevin Zietler right now. I absolutely agree with you, and I think you got to put, you got to put, you got to, you got to spread the blame out here.
0: I'll probably give about 75% of the blame to Freddie Kitchens and about 25% of the blame to Baker Mayfield. They're not letting what about Baker the GM Mayfield, Dorsey. Well, him too, but I'm just talking about on the field oh, okay, stuff because okay. we're in the season now. You got to deal with the personnel that you have. You're right about the offensive line, of course, completely, and Dorsey is definitely to blame for that. And he's pushed
1: some of the right buttons more than the past Browns GMs have. Have you heard Olivier Vernon's name once in one of these national TV no, games he that had the a Browns rough, continue to get? Let's
0: just say he had a rough off season. But looking at it on the field, this is the product they have on the field now. You're not putting Baker in good positions to win. He is great on a few things, getting the ball out of his hands quick, being able to move inside and outside the pocket, make quick decisions, and on play action. Why isn't Nick Chubb getting the ball shoved in his chest like 10 to 12 more times a game? That's one of my questions. And the other question is, why are you not letting Art Odell and Jarvis do what they do best, and that's run quick routes and get yak yards, yards after the catch. You're going deep on all these stupid-ass plays that take forever to develop. Your offensive line can't block for Baker, clearly. You've already referenced that. And Baker, when he has to make second, third, fourth reads is not a good quarterback right now. Maybe it's because he's young. Probably is. But let the guy get the ball out of his hands quick and be electric. That's what you got him there for.
1: Exactly. I think they're trying to make him a down the field passer because they're trying to validate what he is supposed to be. Oh and he's got he's got a great arm. It's but not it's, the point. The no, listen. Nobody nobody right has now. a better arm just off arm strength than Mitch Trubisky. And you know when when what do we talk about every time with the Bears? When are they at their best? When he's converting those short, quick crossing routes and slant routes, getting the ball out of his hand fast with the screens, using his athleticism. I know he's a much bigger guy than Baker Mayfield is, but again, the point remains the same. To have Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr. and just sit back when you don't have a great offensive line and hope to swing the ball over the yard, you're just not going to be able to do that, man. And again, I I I want to blame Baker and I want to shit talk him because I'm not his biggest fan. I had a lot of doubts about him. I thought all of the attention and the and you know the superlatives he was getting before the year started was complete overreaction and just ridiculous. However, I don't think that yeah t- t- totally. You you got to sp- spread the blame around, man. I mean. Whenever a quarterback struggles more than anything else in any sport, you have to look at the situation around them. And whenever I've defended Eli Manning, I've said, really, what more do you want him to do with the teams in which he's had? Darnold, how am I supposed to judge him? Now, he's got to fucking play. But how am I supposed to judge this guy? Yeah, you fucking watch yourself. I love him, but he's got to play. But I'm saying, Mm -hmm. he's recovering from mono, bro. That shit's dangerous. I'm not saying it's not, but he's got to play. So... How am I supposed to judge a guy like that when you don't have any talent and you're getting killed every game? So, Baker has a lot of issues that turn a a quarterback that's searching for something into a bad quarterback and really struggling. Uh, Again, this team was just so overblown. I bet you all the NBC and Fox and ESPN guys are fucking stomping their feet down and cursing at each other about how many national TV games this team got. And also, we never talked about this before we talk about the Niners because we got to give them some fucking credit. We never talked about this. Their schedule this year was so challenging. I mean, they got a Patriot-esque schedule as far as out-of-conference or, like, you know, interconference conference games. And the Patriots got a Brown-esque schedule. Uh, thus yeah, far. I, I mean, and that's the thing. I mean, they got to play the NFC East this year. Good for them. I mean, they'll play the Eagles, and they'll play the Cowboys, but to play the Giants and the Redskins, that's very nice. The Browns are getting the Rams. You know, they're getting the Niners. Uh, I mean, they've, they play in the AFC North, which is already challenging enough with, and I know because Seattle's never, I mean, Seattle, Pittsburgh's never going to give them an easy game, but they Got to play Seattle too. They've played the Rams. They got to play the Ravens another time. I know they crushed the Ravens the first time. I, I, I they have a really tough schedule ahead, my man. I mean, this is not an this was not a season where I looked at them and i was like, oh yeah, they're gonna handle business. I just have to say a sincere thank you for talking me out of the playoff hype. Yeah, uh, I, I appreciate just, that. Sometimes you just gotta go with your gut, and they felt like I mean, how remember that Eagle team? In 2011. Is that when they had Mike Vick and he called it a super team? Well, and Vince Young was the backup, and they and they signed Nandi Asamoah, and they had this, like, they were like, oh, this is the greatest team ever assembled. They didn't even make the playoffs that year. And, like, mm-hmm. that's the thing in football. Like, in the NBA, you can talk about the Lakers and the Clippers and the Nets and all these teams, you know, the Celtics, the Sixers, and you can prognosticate and say, like, yeah, these teams are gonna be great.
0: Speaking of the Sixers, we'll do a little NBA here. Ben Simmons hit a three
1: yesterday. Congratulations. Um, so it's in the even in even in baseball. Unless a team is ravaged by injuries or guys just completely underperform, it's rare that a really good team in baseball that looks really good doesn't make it. You know, like we don't really ever look at a team like say say a team like I don't know Houston. We ever say, does Houston ever fall flat on their face and not even make the playoffs? I mean, they've been one of the best teams. The Dodgers win More 100 games Sox. every year. No, but again, no, no, but the Red Sox, they're interesting because they had a shit ton of injuries. I'm just saying, talk about completely underperform. In football, it happens all the time. I don't like the teams. The teams that get talked about the most, unless you're the New England Patriots in the offseason, usually don't play well. Because everybody's talking about fantasy and getting you know, confused between fantasy and reality. And as somebody who doesn't play fantasy, I don't ever really have a problem with that because it's just not my thing. And I, I, don't, I don't look at players and their stats and say, oh yeah, that's going to manifest in wins on Sundays. I just try to get a pulse for the team. I don't like a team that's being talked up, especially one that never had any success before since the 80s. So that was really it for that. As All right, the, you were right. We said it. As Let's for the about the Niners quick. 49ers deserve a lot of respect because they didn't just win that game. They dismantled that team. They dominated that game on both sides of the ball and on special teams. They're 4-0. No?
0: Yeah. They're, we got to give them credit. They're
1: ready to go. Jimmy G
0: looks pretty good, although his decision-making, I think he threw a pick in this game, if I can recall properly. Decision-making still isn't quite there, but, again, keep in mind, I think he's he's still not even at 20 games played yet.
1: And I don't mind the picks as much as the fumbles, because in picks that means you are taking chances down the field. And you are going to have a couple that get picked off or that you don't make perfect throws on. Overall, Kittle is a monster. Oh, he's so the good. running both the two-headed mo-
0: – they really do have a two-headed monster there. Breida, undrafted free agent again, showing that you can get a running back anywhere you want. Just the Niners are playing the Patriots – I think
1: next week, maybe, could be. I haven't looked that far ahead. Uh, I'm not sure. Um, but I didn't listen. know they played the Patriots. I thought the Patriots were only playing the NFC East. I didn't think they were playing any NF- any other NFC teams. I'm not sure. Let's let's take a look at the schedule. The Patriots
0: play. the I think they play. I, I saw that. I saw it coming up on the schedule. All right. Well, whenever I we could get be there, I wrong. Yeah. Fuck it. Whatever. I've been wrong before. Let's jump into our picks. Here we'll give a quick recap of last week. So you and I both went three and one. With my, my heart. You went with your heart. I went with my head. Um, not really, not really good for the argument this week on which one's better because we both went three and one. You took the New York Giants, which were your only loss. Uh, given being given five and a half, you knew they were going to lose that one. I took the Minnesota Vikings. You took the. Philadelphia Eagles against the Jets getting 13 and a half, as did I. We both got that one. And then for the out-of-market games, you took the Green Bay Packers going down to Dallas, and they put a whoop-ass on them. Use my heart. Nice pick by you there. And then you took the Houston Texans. Another great pick by Use you. Use my heart. Trust Yeah, whatever. Well, I'm going to have to go back and listen to the tape. But another good pick by you. You've you completely pay canceled Atlanta. I think well, that's done. what it was. Or I, you're gonna pick. Against I hated
1: them. them so much. No, I'm never picking them again. And Houston's getting them? close. I'm, you're not gonna pick against them. Oh, I'll them pick either? against them. As they, you said the Vikings. Yeah, the Vikings. Never I'll, never, game, I'll never. I'll never touch another Viking game. I will only pick against Atlanta. You're right.
0: And then, as for me for the uh, out-of-market games, Sperm Bank Pick of the Week hit this week, everybody. It is brought to you by Dino DinoHypeCo. We're back. Um, I, I rehired myself after this week. Nice. They beat up on the Washington Redskins, and then the Chargers fucked me. Um, the Chargers are pretty good at doing that. That's all I have to say I about it. I feel like that. they do that to everybody. Yeah, no, of course they do, because Philip Rivers just loves fucking, clearly, because he's got Nine a lot kids. of children.
1: All right, so he'll be playing for another eight years just to put them all through school.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So let's go through. Yeah, he'll be in the XFL. Let's go through this week's game's first game on the docket. We have the New York Giants playing tomorrow against the New England Patriots. Let's keep in mind that aside from Daniel Jones, maybe I can name four players that are going to play for the Giants this week if I'm lucky because Evan Ingram's out, Sterling Shepard's out, Wayne Goleman's out. I don't think Shaquan's going to play. He's ruled out. So, good luck, Daniel. Lorenzo Carter ruled out. Good luck, my friend. New England on the road at MetLife. Oh, excuse me. New England in Foxborough, minus seventeen. I saw the line went up to seventeen and a half. These are the lines that I printed. So everybody, get off my back. New England minus seventeen. For me personally, give me the Patriots.
1: Yeah, I'm going to have to go with the Patriots again. We talk about
0: revenge games. There's a guy that I actually believe in revenge games. It's Bill Belichick. I think Brady plays the entire game, and they fucking light the Giants up.
1: Yeah, I, I could see something happening like happened in the Redskin game where they start off somewhat eh because they just haven't started off fast in any re- games other than week one this year. But, oh, no, week two when they had Antonio Brown for that hot second. Um, that'll be a dra- that'll be a great trivia question one day. But, yeah, this giant defense blows. Um, they're not playing anybody of note. I mean, Jabril Peppers and Janoris Jenkins and Antoine Bethea. I mean, it's just Jesus. They're not going to get any pressure on Brady. So, whenever they've had success against Brady, it's because they rushed the passer. They're not going to be able to do that. Um, I'm glad this
0: one's going to be over quick because – because it's a Thursday night game. Because I don't want to see highlights of those stupid ass Super Bowls anymore.
1: Oh, I, I, that's all I want to see. Because in the second, they're not. I'm not going to see anything great. <laughs> uh, I have to relive twenty two, two thousand seven, well, and twenty eleven. You 2011. better watch the pregame then. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Um. I, again, for Jones, I'm just looking to please. Just do the best you can. Who are you taking, my friend? Obviously, I'm taking the Patriots. All right. We both have the
0: Patriots in our first pick. Second sad pick, state of affairs. We're actually going to MetLife this time. The Jets are at home. Underdogs against the Dallas Cowboys. They are getting seven points. The Dallas Cowboys are minus seven. Give me the Dallas Cowboys this week. The Dallas Cowboys have performed really well against bad teams, and I think Matt Moore decides to wake up again. He gets all excited. He gets a little hard on, and he can show off his offense. And Kellen I think Moore. they light the Jets up. Kellen Moore. Matt Moore is a backup
1: quarterback somewhere. Correct. Um. Yeah. Former Miami Dolphin. I know who I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Give me the. Uh, give me the Cowboys too. All right. Me and you are in line so far. So far.
0: Yes. All right. So let's go to out-of-market games. I'll lead us off. Are you excited then... to see
1: Darnold play this week?
0: I am. I, honestly, the last two years have just been like... What's it's... the spread in this game if Darnold's not starting? Um, I think it goes up to 10. Yeah. Probably. The last two years have just literally been like me just really wanting to watch Darnold play and just be able to watch and like not scout because I'm not a scout, but just get a feel for him. And it's been really frustrating the last two years. So let's hope everything's behind him. It's in the past. Injury-wise. All right, so first game I got on the docket, I am going over to London. I have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are two-point dogs against the Carolina Panthers. Again, you threw all those stats at me about defenses. I think this is going to be a shootout. I like the underdogs in London. I'm going to take the Tampa Bay Rays. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I am going to take... The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh shit. You got game seven game five. I'm gonna take the Tampa Bay Rays as well, but I'm gonna take the Tampa Bay You're Buccaneers. i are taking the Rays! I, I have to after making oh, that fuck Jesus. up just to make up for it. I always fall I, I had it. I just I saw the up. look on
1: your face. <laughs> the
0: disgust you had in yourself. Unfucking believable, man. I gotta fire myself. Um I am taking the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or uh, plus
1: two points. That was so great. All right. um, Everybody's going to love that moment. Uh, yeah. Okay. That's not a bad pick out of you. I try to stay away from the London games because I never have a feel for them. But good job by you picking it. Thank I'm going to go to Baltimore. The Ravens are an 11.5 point favorite at home against the Bengals. Now, the Ravens have not played all that well in the last few weeks. But they play well against shitty teams. But they play well against shitty teams. But remember, I mean, it, they didn't crush uh, Arizona. And... As bad as Cleveland has been, Cleveland ran forty-five up on them, and Pittsburgh with the combined a second and a third-string quarterback could have won that game. I don't expect this game to be close. Cincinnati has been frisky. They've they lost in a last-second field goal this past week. They almost beat Seattle. They almost beat Buffalo. But almost just means you suck still, and you're not good enough. They're gonna go play, and the Ravens. This is a get well week for the Ravens. They see how vulnerable this division is. They cannot wait any wait around at all. They are now starting to already jockey for position amongst playoff positioning. What better way to start it than crushing a vastly inferior uh, divisional opponent? Give me the 14 or the uh, give me the Ravens ah, 11 and a half point favorite at home. I'll take them. All right, next pick, Sean. Go ahead. I got to keep the Spur main pick for last. All right, that's fair. All right, I'm going to Monday night. The Green Bay Packers are at home, and they're a four point favorite against Ooh. Maddie PP and the Lions. And for all the shit that we've talked about, Maddie PP and the Lions. You know He has this team playing well, and I do expect this game to be somewhat close. This team is actually really playing for him. Their defense is good, and Stafford's actually playing some of the best football he's played in a long time. However, Packers at Lambeau, under the lights. It's October. Rodgers is starting to flash his brilliance. He feels really good about how he played against the Eagles and the Cowboys. He's going to take care of business in this game. I see this being somewhere around 35-24, 35-25. So I will take the Green Bay Packers in this game. All right, now for the sperm bank pick of the week, I don't remember
0: my record for the sperm bank. I think I'm above 500, though. From oh, you're what gonna I have remember. to look back. Where's your se-
1: the secretary? Probably has them r- lined up. My fucking
0: secretary is on my shit list. My administrative um, assistant is literally watching him like a hawk right now. Thank God for her. All right, so I'm going into L.A. right now. Um, the San Francisco 49ers. That's the football team there, not the Giants. <laughs> Are <laughs> are plus three and a half. Give me that spread. I think that the 49ers can defend really well against this Rams team, and I think that they're gonna be able to pass on him. I think Jimmy G is gonna be able to sling it around a little bit, and he's also got a good running game. My sperm bank pick of the week is obviously brought to you by Dino Hype Co. We are back. I rehired myself. Although like the name thing is just absolutely killing me. I'm I'm trying to really own that one. Sperm bank pick of the week, lock it in. The San Francisco 49ers, three and a half plus. I think this is a field goal game. Respect. Thank you, bud. Alright, so me and Sean are doing a little bonus thing before we go. We are these are probably two of the worst teams I've ever seen in NFL history. Side bet here. We're gonna do a fifth pick. This does not count against the season. I just thought it'd be fun to do this, and Sean supported it. We are gonna pick the Miami Washington game, the Tank Bowl, this week. The ta- the um, they're calling it some Tank for two. I don't know what the fuck they're calling it. Suck for well, Sam. Just
1: real fast. Remember that the Dolphins will play the Jets twice this year, and the Dolphins also play the Bengals in Week 16. So, so their the Jets have a win on their schedule. <laughs> so <laughs> let's, let's go. go. This is the version one of the Tank Bowl this year.
0: Yeah, we might have to do this a few times. Stakes of the bet. I think that we put a one-minute timer on. You have to say one. You have to say a nice thing for one minute, just nice things about the other person.
1: I don't know if I like that. I don't know if I have a whole minute worth of things <laughs> to say. <laughs> I might write things down. They might be backhanded. They're not they going to be more about me. You're going to pick a bunch of me. random compliments
0: and inflict them upon me. They won't be personalized. No, 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 no. They'll be personalized.
1: Oh. All right. So, I'm the host of this podcast. Hey, Sean,
0: I really like how you know the
1: team's names and you can correct me. (laughs) Well, that might be
0: one of them. Thanks for feeding that to me. I mean, obviously, I'm the CEO, so I will give my COO the pick of this game, and I'm just going to go against it blindly. I'm going to take
1: the Dolphins. (laughs) I wanted the Redskins. Oh, look how that worked out. I'm going to take the the Dolphins. are What are they? Are they a a three-and-a-half-point dog (laughs) at home? Who's playing quarterback for Washington? Who's coaching Washington? It's Callahan, right? He took over as interim. I don't know. The more we talk about it, the more I don't like this. <laughs> <laughs> Rosen. Chosen Rosen. You deserve better than what you've had. Win
0: me this game. All right, everybody. We'll be back on Monday. Yankees start playing on Saturday. We don't know who they're playing yet, but we'll be back on Monday. Follow us on Twitter at SorrySports. On Instagram, SorrySports. Check out the website, SorrySports.com. And shoot us an email if you have anything to say. SorrySportsYahoo.com Sorry for the length, but the content is totally worth it. Sorry, not sorry. Sorry, Uh not sorry. Everybody enjoy your week.